every morning I wake up. Mm. I thank the Lord for uh, just another beautiful day. Yeah, as you do, as you, as you got to. And then as soon as I get out of bed, I recite one of my favorite poems uh, about self-affirmation mm-hmm. and affirmation for you know other people's yeah. style. Mm. And it goes like this. Bad bitch, look good in some nice pants. Bet my bitch look good in some nice pants. Niggas see me to be like shit. God damn. AK-47. Talk to that nigga nice, nice pants. <laughs> Y'all got a little nigga started on uh, some G shit. Yeah. Who that nigga? What's up, y'all? It's Sample Please. Back at y'all with episode episode. four, baby. You ready for me to get the episode number wrong? Episode five. (laughs) (laughs) Is it episode five? Man, I'm pretty sure it's four. No, I'm fuck. pretty sure it's four because the last episode was uh, Heart Been Broke. So many (laughs) times. So good. What a great intro. Man, yeah, so... For y'all that don't know, culture yourself, oh my God, first of dude. all. And second of I all. I cannot wait to talk about this subject because I, me and you are both massive fans of this form of music and just taking rap songs and making them the most like, what is it? Is it like uh, emo rock, I guess, would be the genre? Yeah, I guess so. Man, uh, that was a poem. <laughs> Not a poem. It was a freestyle. Tyler, mm. the creator, mm. he did on uh, Sway in the Morning. Mm. And it is just so freaking hilarious. And <laughs> You want to bring up why that's relevant, too, actually, as a matter of fact? Why wow, that was a great start of the episode? Yeah, so we wanted to talk about... Uh, this is the first episode where we're going to be putting in our playlist. Yeah, we're doing so, the uh, Sample Please Radio. Yep, it's the first debut of it. So right. um, uh, this theme for this playlist, for this episode, is going to be Tyler, the creator. Uh, for the music, at least, uh, mm-hmm. he's just an artist that I feel like has. He started off like really immature. He was 18 when he like blew up, so that's obviously kind of expected. But yeah, he started off really immature, both musically and personality-wise. But he just blossomed he's into a lot. one of the best artists of the last decade. Ooh, in Flower my opinion. Boy Blossom, a nice little pun going on there. Yeah, <laughs> and despite the fact that like he was a little immature at first, yeah, he's. All, you could always kind of see the genius in what he did, at least yeah. musically. Yeah. And so I just wanted, I felt like it was appropriate for us to celebrate that. And so. Um, Especially because he won another Grammy, didn't he? He did win a back to back Grammy for Rap yeah. Album of the Year. Call Finally, me if you get lost, time. baby. I love how he also wasn't even there to accept it. I think that is the biggest flex that he could have. I oh, think he sure. was just so over it from last year that he just didn't even bother to show up this time, which is so good. Yeah. So good. He gave his acceptance speech on Instagram Live. He, this nigga was out <laughs> in the middle of a field somewhere. <laughs> It was just like, oh, uh, I just thought I'd like to thank, um, you know, how he talks. <laughs> yeah, he talks. So, he's got this super deep, like, almost raspy voice. Yeah, I don't know how he does it, but um, I'm kind of jealous, I'm not going to lie. I am, too. He's a great voice. He's a really <laughs> good voice. Um, I think voice. sonically, he's been, I, for me personally, I can't even say that he hasn't been influential in, like, my music listening time because there was a time where, like, Flower Boy was the only thing I listened to. Facts. And discovering Flower Boy completely revolutionized, like, my world for, like, a really good time. And it's still a really 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 good solid album i give it a 10 out of 10 i think it is a great album um i think the album cover is great it's really good he just built a sort of image for himself off of it and then he's kind of carried it a little bit with like the golf floor and stuff like that too and i think just outside of music wise he as a creator is just like, <laughs> truly revolutionary i know it's kind of as ironic but i feel like it's a great name for him because it fits as he's gotten more his hands more into other things outside of music with the nail polish and stuff like that yeah and he's and the coolest part is he is recognized by so many people not so even many. just like rappers i feel like he's recognized by just genuinely a lot of like 
very high-end fashion people, music people, producers. Um, he's just got a really good, I don't know, he's just grown a lot. He's just a very good person. I enjoy him. His concerts seem really cool, too. Yeah. Like, in terms of people even outside of music, like, admiring him. Like, yeah. he was like, Kendall Jenner is like a homie. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, yeah, it kind of goes to show his, like, wide appeal now. Yeah. But, like, I'm not, fun fact, I kind of hated this nigga when he first came out. Really? Yeah, so, because Yonkers was, like, what really, that was my introduction to him, mm. you know, and, you know, it was obviously a very uh, triggering song. He's talking yeah. about, like, stabbing Bruno Mars in the esophagus <laughs> and telling Jesus to stop bitching yeah, no, no, you because love of the distance Mars. and stuff. And, you know, when that song came out, I was, like, 12, 11. So mm, I had a lot more great. of yeah. a conservative worldview, I guess. Yeah, I wasn't same. as open-minded. Yeah. So I was, you know, I'm a hella Christian boy shit. And then when I heard him saying, like, Jesus called, he said he's sick of the diss. I'm like, all right, fuck this nigga. Like, yeah. I'm not listening to this, man. I hate him. And then I was like, I, he, as the years went on, like, he dropped more stuff. And I'm like, <sighs> I guess all that Damn it, check this it is out. Good. Yeah. And then I went back in this catalog and I'm like, I, I have regret ever hating on this man. But you know, again, I was if I thought he was immature at eighteen, I mean imagine how immature I was oh, six yeah, years sure. younger than him at the time. So oh, I'm always gonna be six years younger. I but. always remember him I hate to interrupt, but I always remember him because one of the the first thing that I ever remember hearing about Tyler the Creator was my parents are Christian as well. So we kind of have the same sort of view, but not in the same sort of sense. Um, my parents were talking about how like how bad it is that his name was Tyler the Creator, and how like it was like dishonoring God, and how kids nowadays are so oh, like wow. the usual Christian like parent bullshit spiel, and like um, I don't think they understood fully like him as a person, and I mean at the time that was kind of the image that he presented, so it didn't help that like he was very immature and very brash and very like very bold and didn't really give a fuck honestly. Yeah. So that's what I remember. But for me personally, I didn't really get any introduction into his music until I think really Flower Boy, which is kind of wild to think about that I skipped out on him so much. But I was never really surrounded in the whole skater scene. That was not really like the artist that my friends listened to. So I didn't really listen to a lot of that. But um, I think 911 slash um, Call Me Mr. When Lonely. You, yeah, Mr. Lonely. Oh, my God. Was the song that like I first heard by him that made me like even stop to think about like who he might have been as an artist? Yeah, you know, actually that's the same for me though. Yeah, like I didn't really start to get back into his music until Flower Boy dropped. But yeah. before then, like he was still on that really like, you know. And again, he, I say he was immature and he was, but he was it was definitely on purpose. Yeah, he, for sure, for sure. He was like on. A, he kind of redid what Eminem did back in the day where he yeah, intentionally where like, pissed mm-hmm. there was like there's like yeah. a famous interview where uh, there's like this middle aged white guy interviewing uh, yeah, God yeah, and he's like <laughs> why do you talk about the things you do and he's like to piss old white people off like <laughs> <Yeah>. you <laughs> and the, it worked yeah. I mean he pissed off so many white people that he got banned from Australia you yeah. remember that <laughs> yeah, or, or New Zealand yeah. something like that I think it was New Zealand yeah yeah, yeah. yeah I remember the bar yeah. 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 oh that's such a good <laughs> song dude New Zealand whitey call me a demon yeah, yeah, but Smokers is such a good one for sure. But like, we should rank his albums too before we like. We absolutely will. Yeah, okay, absolutely will. Right, but um, uh, like I think that his like Flower Boy was so instrumental in like me enjoying his music because that was also yeah. just a huge turning point for him as a person yeah. how he presented himself yeah. and his music. Oh you know, yeah, it was sonically it was a very big difference. Huge difference. But again, another thing that I have to appreciate about him is that like. You can tell when it's Tyler, like his sound, like his definitive sound has Dude, never, it's, it's always been him, yeah. even from like the days back in like Bastard, like yeah. you can tell he's changed and evolved a lot, but you can, he still has he's that core Tyler unique. sound, Dude. you know what I mean? Dude, that's the craziest part is when you think, <laughs> like you're right, he's revolutionized his music, but like in a way 
that is just strictly him. Yes. At the moment, I feel like all the people who sound like Tyler the Creator sound like Tyler the Creator, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, they don't sound like themselves. Yeah. And they just happen to sound like him. They're biting him. I'm trying to think of a good example of someone who, like, might, I don't know. It's hard to explain because, like, there's obviously one person who really starts a style. But I feel like he was one of the ones that really kind of helped, like, push, I think, skater culture in general into the forelight and, like, into the forefront. He was a very big person for skater culture. I cannot remember someone who was more popular with skaters and people outside of the skater culture than Tyler, the creator. He just kind of personified. And actually, I think that's not really the truth. I think he defined what most people think were, like, a skater should act. And because of how, like, important and influential and how much people loved his music, people started acting and taking on to, like, things that he did. But I don't really think it was the other way around, if that makes sense. Yeah, like, he... he what's the word? Like, he set trends, but he never... Oh, for Never sure. followed them. Yeah, he never definitely set trends, them. for sure. Dude, he... I mean, um, what's the the brand that he has that's, the like, the big skater brand? Fuck. Golf. Supreme. Yeah. Oh, oh. Golf. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, no, not Supreme. Um, I'm wearing a golf shirt right now, actually. Let's go. You asked to. It was a good episode. I don't even think you even planned that, actually. I didn't plan it. I just, like, I put it on, came over here to record, and I was like, holy shit. Winky dink. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, dude, you definitely, like, the way that skaters dressed in that, like, I don't know what year it was, but that, like, year when he was, like, really popping. Like, 2011 through 2013. Yeah, he just kind of defined that shit, right? But it's, it's so easy to see why. He's just... I think he just challenges himself with something yeah. that I respect a lot. He just seems to challenge himself a lot musically and outside, just fashion-wise. That like he just constantly just tries to do things differently, and it's it's shown. It makes him super successful. He's a very big trendsetter. He's always coming out with something different. Mm-hmm. His last three albums have been very different from each other, but almost all, all of great. them have been. Yeah, <laughs> I think Igor. I I didn't listen to Call Me If You Get Lost as much because I just wasn't in like the rap music scheme. Like I wasn't really into listening to rap music at the time, so I haven't gotten the chance to really. Dive dive into it the way that i should but i still recognize that it's a good album and the few songs that i did have like wilshire were phenomenal Ridiculous. and it's so different to hear him storytelling like that like I in know. that way yeah for but the nine flow, minutes oh god oh. and the flow is so good he was he had like 20 different flows in those songs and they each yeah, they were like a glow so they were good, so dude. good it was so good um he's just done things differently i am not a friend of his obviously but i am very proud of him as a person because it's insane to see someone grow so much yeah. in so many different ways in different places while also still maintaining good music yes and like like how i said like how his music has evolved so much but still remained very much him yeah just like he presents himself like he's gotten a lot more mature over the years mm, but he yeah. is still very much tyler yeah, yeah like yeah, through yeah. and through like he yeah. as a person has not changed at all in terms of like his per- core personality no you can you see know? the see that shit in the, the concert videos that i see on, on like on instagram yeah like, he's, still a, he's still, still a fool goofy. yeah <laughs> he's still, still goofy as hell but he just he presents himself in a better more marketable way i feel yeah, like yeah and it's just, it's crazy. I think but. he's just grown out of, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I think he's just grown out of the sharpness of being, like, bold, I guess. Like, I mean, yeah, I guess that's the way that I would say it, is he's still very bold, but not in a way that's just, he doesn't need to be offensive to still feel like he stands out. Yeah, you like know, he's, he's bold. At the forefront. Yeah, he's always been bold. I don't think he's lost any of his boldness, but he's not rebelliously bold. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what I think. He's kind of dropped that whole re- immature bold. rebel mm-hmm. act, yeah. you know? 
like yeah so rebelliously bold he's still rebellious in the, in the sense of like you know not conforming to a bunch of norms like yeah. he wears he paints his fingernails and you yeah, know he does he stuff like people that. do that he does he has cool hairstyles that he does all the time he too. talks a lot about black people his like black fans like you know do what you want to do yeah. like dye your hair blue shit yeah. i'll do it too yeah. he Ooh. says that you Ooh. know he just called out bars i could sing his songs forever dude man but uh yeah uh, something about him like a lot of people like to compare odd future with wu-tang clan because they were just two huge rap collectors i never heard that comparison actually which is cool i like that yeah, it's like a, it was a pretty popular one back then. They obviously make very different music, and they made very different music, and they're from very different eras in hip hop and just kind of pop culture at large. Yeah. But like, uh, do you know who RZA is? Of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, he he was like for y'all that don't know, RZA was like the de facto leader of uh, Wu Tang Clan. Mm. So he made all the beats for everybody, and he rapped on them. And like he uh, he was he pretty much just kind of ran everything. And don't, not to minimize anybody else in Wu Tang Clan, if they heard me say something like that they probably kill me <laughs> but probably get jumped on <laughs> <laughs> exactly but it, rizzo was like the de facto leader like he he produced everything and tyler is like the same way in a in a sense yeah. that like yeah. he was the face of our future easily yeah. yeah he might not he's not even my favorite artist out of our future frank ocean is but he's it's oh, very same. close oh. but um tyler was like the face of our future yeah. he produced for everybody yeah i think the tyler he, I didn't know first, Frank was a full member of Our Yeah, yeah, he was a full member of Our Future. Him, like is he the, still a full member? I feel like he's man, Our Future's been out of it since since like 2015. Yeah. Um, but you know, I don't think they all individually left. It just they kind of collectively were just like, all right, this is like this yeah. isn't it anymore, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, but they yeah. still collaborate with each other. Obviously, oh, I mean, which we will get into. Yeah. We will get into in a minute. But like uh, Tyler, I used to see him as like a better version of RZA. And not to disrespect RZA, but just mm. and when I say that, I mean Tyler. Like Tyler could rap better. He produ- he had a, a lot more like stylistic changes in his yeah, music course, and yeah, producing yeah. and yeah. stuff. And again, like he had all these massive talents around him, but he was still able to just be the leader of all that stuff. Yeah. And but then I look back and I think I find that's like a really big discredit to towards RZA first of all and to Tyler like yeah. I can't call Tyler a better version or a version of anybody else yeah. because that kind of yeah, takes yeah. away I think the whole thing about Tyler he is so very unique independent. Yeah, he's very think... much him and there's no one you can really compare him to yeah and that's what he's been striving for for a very long time I feel like also yeah, yeah. but um that's to the Frank Ocean thing yeah uh Ooh. they have all the songs that they've made together are just so, so great good so oh great. my god their chemistry so good. Is, is dude she high. is a baker oh my god i was gonna ask you what's your favorite collaboration between those mm. two you, okay so i know that there's um she is it i know there's one off a of flower bloom i can't remember which specific okay so is. where this flower blooms yeah that's what i thought it 911, was 911 yeah those are the flower boy ones and yep. then they also have slater Sh- mm, i haven't slater yet oh it's off a of wolf it's a gas yep um 48 i don't know if you heard that mm, sounds familiar I uh, haven't listened to as much of his old stuff as I really should. Fair enough. Unfortunately for me, when I found Tyler, it was after I got done like listening to rap music as much. Okay. So I listened to Flower Boy a lot because like it wasn't nearly as rap oriented, and I've listened to Cherry Bomb, which I really enjoyed. Yeah. But I haven't had the chance recently to go back and listen as much to his older stuff as I want to. So fair enough. honestly, the ones I can really say is probably Where This Flower Blooms, She, and then Nine One One. Fair enough. The ones that I would say also. 
I say she too. Not, but and it's crazy because they've both grown so much since mm, then. Yeah, and that's far from their best songs now. But I, I won't say far from Tyler's best song. They're still pretty damn good, <laughs> but, honestly. But like, yeah, it's so great. But what I love about it is that that was probably like the most like full collaboration they ever done. Yeah. What I mean by that is like, you know. <clears throat> Tyler obviously rapped on it. It was his song, and yeah. Frank featured on it. So Tyler rapped on it. He produced it, but like Frank had a verse. He, he started the track of the rap yeah. verse, and then he obviously sang that beautiful oh, hook. Like I feel bro. like Frank, he like stopped trying on features after like a certain point. Yeah, because now like so that's what I'm saying. Like then he was going hard. He had a great verse. Yeah, like that's one of the most iconic openings to a song. Dude, yeah, you could on these dental pockets. pockets. The, the first verse is just so good. It sets the mood so perfectly. And then he just seamlessly goes into that chorus. Oh, like, this man. man. Oh, but that's why it's, that's my favorite one because, like, he was really trying there. You know, he had a rap verse yeah. and a hook for, hook for this nigga. And, like, all the other songs I mentioned, he either just has a hook or he has, like, a really small part. And when he does sing, it is very much, he sounds like he is half awake. I Don't yeah. get me wrong, he contributes to it well, but, like, he's, he's not trying to steal the show or anything. Yeah. But, like, like on a slide. I was yeah. gonna say slide where he's like, "Do you slide on all your nights like this?" Like, you know, I, I love. I gotta do the the, the fucking thing in the back. I might. I, I might. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, like on the more recent collabs I did, like, uh, like. 911. Yeah. He just chub You know, he he chub, sounds like chub. he's damn near yeah. asleep. Which again, I'm I'm not hating on it. I yeah. can't really hate on anything that man does. But like, I I just love she so much because it's such like a full collaboration. Like yeah. they both yeah, brought yeah. a lot to that song. Dude. Whereas it's mainly just Tyler and 10 percent Frank. Yeah. You know? I also want to talk about something I've been learning musically. Um, we are learning to produce music and like make music. So this has been Ooh. a fun experience and we have a lot to talk about so that too. Fun. We'll have to talk about that later. But one of the things that you were talking about is like um, synths are my favorite. Like I, I would say they're my favorite instrument at the moment um, that is, because mm. they're just so relevant to everything. I think when it comes to she, the reason she feels as kind of odd as it does, I guess, is because that synth in the background that um like, yeah. yeah yeah that like weird like warping sense sound that like kind of plays through um it kind of holds the mood and it ends up giving it a sort of like it, it just makes it feel weird because like synths aren't normally used like that in like rap music especially they're usually yeah. more used for like bass lines um and it's fun if you want to now if you start listening to songs you'll hear synths everywhere dude they're so everywhere look for it you will find it because they're kind of an instrument that is so versatile that they can fill a lot of roles Mm -hmm. and i'm trying to think of another song that has a really good synth um another tyler song or just another song in general that has like a really good synth like lead uh obviously um happiness yeah yep yeah that Um, one what, what what is i have to i haven't heard the track in a while I'm on the pursuit yeah. of happiness. But I'm trying to think what the synth sounds like. It's like the beginning of the song. It's like... Wah, wah, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah. Y'all know um, what I'm talking slide about. Slide is another <laughs> one that plays in work all the time, so that's a good one. But that like... Is a synth. But back with, but with synths and Tyler, yeah. like that is everything to Tyler. Since yeah. She is completely synth. I don't know yeah. if you knew that. Every single part of the instrumental is a synth. I did not the, know that at the all. The drum, 
the yeah. the clacking sound. That's yeah. those are all just different types of synths that he manipulated. Dude, you can just do a lot of cool stuff with it. Honestly, yeah. that's why they're my favorite. Is because they're so you can do versatile. Dude, you can make so a bass with them. Man. You can make drums so with them. So much fun. You can make a melody with them. Yeah. Like, you can make a whole song out of just yeah. synths. It's I think pads crazy. are another one that's really cool. Which is just like usually a pad is a sort of deeper ambient sound that kind of fills the void of spaces a lot of times in right. music. So it can also sound a lot of like very different, and it, it's really cool to get expressive because. They sound ghostly sometimes and hollow or sometimes they sound like really invigorating and they kind of help the song move along and they kind of, I don't know, since they're just a cool instrument because they can just be used for so many different things. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, something about Tyler too that I think, uh, I think a lot of his fans probably know this, but hmm. people that don't know, like he has this really cool, really cool, like consistency thing. And it's like, it's kind of like a hidden thing, but it's also kind of obvious too yeah so for every single one of his albums on the 10th track it's always a double song like one really? half song one half another so goblin yeah it was sorry let me pull it up i wonder why it's just the thing so like for goblins it was fish slash analog yeah and then for wolf it was beamer slash campfire mm -hmm. slash party isn't over yep and then flower boy 911 slash mr lonely yeah igor uh gone gone slash thank you yeah and then call me if you get lost sweet slash i thought you wanted to dance those yeah. are all the 10th song on the album that's crazy i did not motif know that. that he does and then another really cool motif is that for his first three albums yeah they all the the second song related to the title of the album so i mean the last song sorry yeah. so for bastard the last song is called inglorious inglorious mm -hmm. bastard yeah like yeah, the yeah. movie tarantino movie yeah for goblin Last song was Golden, Golden Goblin. <laughs> yeah. For Wolf, last yeah. song was Lone. Lone, Lone Wolf. Wolf. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, this, like it just those little Dude. intricacies are so they're like little nuggets that I yeah. love finding. I absolutely love that like stuff like that. We I don't know if we talked about the Knights thing on on for um uh blonde and frank ocean yet yeah but ever since you showed me that watching it turn like if you have to like just listen to blonde and listen to nights and pay attention to when the beat drops because it drops at an even time that literally splits the album right in half yep and it is the most satisfying thing to watch because um i don't know where it is in what time i'm pretty sure it's like at like i don't know it's at like nine minutes or something uh, not that didn't make any sense it's at a certain time or whatever but it transitions like perfectly in like evenly so it goes yep. from you know 59 right into the 60th is right when the beat drops and it is the coolest thing in the world i love when like artists do little motifs like that yeah. um one of my favorites is we talked about them last episode but limiture is a group that i've listened to and george limiture the person that they got their name from is a scientist from i think like the 60s or the 70s who did the theory of relativity and all of their albums after their first one is relativity one two and three and then um i think they have um some other ones that are kind of related to science themes but it's to play off of their name which is obviously george limiture and after figuring that out i was like oh like it's a small thing but i absolutely love it so much because mm -hmm. it's just a little motif that kind of ties everything together and it's really cool to see people do stuff like that yeah it's just you kind of it just kind of shows like how much they dedicate to their craft you yeah know, like this, yeah the thoughtfulness. such small subtle things but they yeah. they say so much at the same time yeah. like with blonde like how do you even think about that dude like, I how no do you clue, think bro. to split an no entire album like genius in the half like that and 
it sounds so small, but it's it's just so much cooler once you actually get the chance to see it and experience. It. I think yeah. moments like this where we both like I don't know about you the first time you figured it out, but when I saw it and when I showed it to like um Kinsey, it was a we like mind blown. I was like, Oh my god, like it's so goofy, but like it's so cool. We did Worth it like three scene? Yeah, like I, I watched it transition like yeah. three times. <laughs> it's crazy. And like uh it's not only does it just split the time in half, but like it splits like the sound of the album too. Yeah. All the songs before then, they're very like kind of anthemic in a way. Like yeah. Nikes, Self Control, mm. all those songs. Mm. Solo, I know that's your favorite yes. song on there. And Nikes is my second favorite at the moment. Really? Yeah. Nikes okay. is tied for first, honestly. On it's a, it's, it's a great one. So good, bro. Anyone could be the best song, and I wouldn't really argue yeah. with you, except for Facebook Story. If you say that's your favorite track, <laughs> you got some face. shit going on, dog. You need <laughs> some shit you need to figure out. But like all the songs before that, beat switch are like you know, he's more like upbeat, kind of in a way. Yeah don't get me wrong there's a bunch of sad songs throughout the album but like yeah. his vocal delivery is a little different mm -hmm. but then after that beat switch all the songs are very downcast yeah like white ferrari uh siegfried yeah godspeed yep. oh, godspeed that's so good. yeah even the last part of nights is just kind of like slower yeah exactly like and that's again another just motif yeah. and then some people even have the theory that since that's the first album where like his sexuality was really open to the world yeah like it was kind of a motif on his like uh bisexuality so it's yeah. like one half and the other half of yeah. the album and another thing that i like about his music is that he's never really directly addressing his sexuality in his music no it's, it's just very kinda... rare that he uses pronouns and who yeah. he's talking about you yeah. know and i think that's very intentional because mm -hmm. it kind of keeps people like listening like okay is he talking about a guy here or a girl yeah or, yeah or, you know and even it, also that doesn't, it doesn't matter a lot of it uh, a lot of it too because it kind of people have already have preconceived ideas about what they expect from, yeah especially for like bisexual people i think steve lacy is one that like has a really good line about this too where he's kind of like talking about like um i think the song is called i wonder i'm pretty sure and it's off of apollo 21 and it's great basically album. him talking yeah it is a great album um it's basically him just talking about like his sexuality and like him wondering if like people experience the same thing and kind of just going about it but like one of the bars that he has on there is talking about like how people like want to know how many people we slept with and like what gender they are and like basically trying to like see if he's even valid when it comes to being bisexual in the first place like there's an expectation that like well if you're going to say you're bisexual you have to sleep with boys and girls at an equal amount or right. you can't do them it's unbiasedly so yeah you can't have like you can't be more you can't have more of a liking to either side i guess yeah it's so weird how people are just so obsessed with people's sex lives like yeah why are you if you're a, such a strong especially. yeah mm. if you're such a strong headed heterosexual male why are you so worried about what a grown man is doing with his dick yeah. like just keep it, it like Literally it does not doesn't matter, matter at all yeah. like just mind your damn business bro yeah but i didn't but that also, being said, i had no idea steve was buying speaking of um normally this is a part where i would mind my own business but i learned recently you didn't really listen to apollo 21 like that I did recently though, okay, like all in right, more good. recent times. All right, I good. know because that's a great album. Steve Lacey is one of my favorite artists. That's he's another great. one that I haven't he's gotten great. the chance to recommend as many people as I should have to. He's very, very talented. I feel like we should save this for the second like part of the episode so we can talk more in depth about it. Because I really want to rank the uh, the Tyler stuff while we're while we're in this like little space for Tyler at okay. the moment. You want to go ahead and do that now? Mm, right? Yes, I am. So, down. are we ranking his albums? Yeah, I, I'm down. Okay, um, you, I, you do your ranking first and see okay. your idea. Because my rankings are a little more shallow because I haven't had the chance to listen to his music as much. So okay. take mine with a grain of salt. But I think uh -oh. at number one is Flower Boy. At number two is Cherry Bomb for sure. Whoa, yeah, I, I absolutely love Cherry Bomb. It is so good. 
Um, I would have to give Call Me If You Get Lost probably number three, and then Ego for Igor four, and then Wolf, and then Goblin probably. Okay. Uh, I guess you didn't listen to Bastard, huh? Because it's not really on streaming no, services. No, not really. Having gotten the chance to listen to it at all, yeah. You should check it out when you can. It's really good. But okay, <clears throat> if I have to get my list, I'll yeah. go from. I guess I'll go from favorite to least favorite. Yeah. I got Fire Boy number one, mm. Igor number two, mm. Call Me If You Get Lost number three. Yep. Uh, Wolf a number four. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cherry Bomb number five. Yep. Goblins. Oh, sorry, Bastard six, Goblin seven. Okay. okay. So I think we good. both have Goblin at the bottom. Yeah. And it's not a slight. That's not us saying that the album's bad by any yeah. means. Just it's just definitely. He, I think my issue with that album was that he was definitely on his biggest like rebel, piss everybody off mm, shit. Yeah. And I, it got to a point where it kind of did sacrifice a little bit like his artistic like yeah. you know yeah, yeah. value there. He was just every song was just like anti-religion, anti you know yeah homophobic blah 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 you know yeah. And it was just like it, it's mm. a little much. I know at the time. Time, like that he blew up around that album's release that's the album that Yonkers was on but like yeah. for me personally I was just like okay like it did not age well to me there's no, some songs agree. in it did like she I mean I yeah. guess it didn't Ooh. age well in terms of uh, their identities yeah, but yeah uh, and what Tyler said <laughs> yeah a lot of the stuff that he said is like I wonder how he feels about that because like it is kind of weird to have like have him come out and then know that like for a while he said a lot of very homophobic and like very insulting things to like the LGBT community and like honestly just a lot of people in general I think a lot of people were I remember a lot of people were really upset that like people just kind of never let him take a lot of flack for what he said in the past just yeah, because he was a part that. of the LGBT community. Yeah, like, I definitely could understand like, He that. said some horrible things. And again, yeah. he said them on purpose. Like, he didn't really feel that way. But, like, he would just say them regardless. And But since he came out, it's like, oh, we love you because you're not, you're not straight. You're an LGBT. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, but I think maybe a reason why people weren't so, like, weren't trying to ruin him or cancel him is because, A, after he did kind of come out, which he never really formally did, by no, the way. No, not it's at all. It's just, like, people kind of put two and two together. But yeah. when he did kind of uh, come out, I think people kind of grew to realize, like, instantly, like, okay, he was definitely projecting his insecurities about his, like, you know, sexuality or something. Yeah. Or, or because he is, like, you know, a, a member of the LGBTQ plus community, like, he uh, obviously didn't mean anything that he was saying back then. But, you yeah. know... Like that also doesn't always. I also that understand that like it doesn't always really excuse everything. Right. I could say tell someone that I want to murder them, but that doesn't even if I don't mean it. That doesn't mean it's a good thing to say. Exactly. Yeah. So like, and again, it worked. Everything worked out in his favor. And yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, that's that's the reason my goblin's at the bottom for me. But the I top think, three, huh? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, what were you gonna say? Because I was. Gonna I was gonna say this. like just off of a finishing note. I think another reason why is because really a lot of it is just music. Um, he doesn't act on any of it, if that makes sense. It's right. not really his actions that people are mad at. It's just the things that he said. So it's a whole lot different than, like, someone who was actively physically homosexual and, like, does things that are, like, not, oh, my God, not homosexual. Jesus. Um, <laughs> um, oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus, I lost my train of thought. My bad. Who go. are, like, actively um, homophobic. homophobic and, like, you know, insult homophobic people, like, you know, harass homophobic like. Oh my God! Not Jesus Christ! I keep switching <laughs> homosexual and homophobic people who are homophobic who insult and harass he- like homosexual people and people on this like, oh my God! <laughs> I cannot get it out, dude. I can't do it. It's okay, brother. It's okay. Yeah, I'll pick up your slack. I think I know what you're trying to say. Yeah, that um, just yeah. But him like, there's a difference between him like actively trying to harm 
homosexual people yeah and him being openly and practice a practicing homophobe yeah you know yeah, what I mean? yeah. yeah and again also like he also did things that contradicted it even before he came out like when frank ocean came out he was like i'm proud of my boy he finally came out uh you know whatever yeah and there's like a really funny interview actually where someone was like did you know frank was gay before everybody else did and he was like yeah me and a couple other people knew but this nigga liked his uh, Pop-Tarts without the frosting on it, so I knew something was <laughs> off. <laughs> Dude, my dad doesn't like Pop-Tarts with the frosting on him, and that's kind Uh-oh. of disgusting. You it's might, so might bad. have some news for you then. Yeah, that's my... <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, you shouldn't eat Pop-Tarts without yeah, the frosting what, on it. what him. is wrong with you? He says that they're their best flavor. I don't understand. It that's makes not me a upset. flavor. No, it makes me upset. Just, the flavor is pain. Yeah, it's you, terrible. You, just, you eat like a fucking military general. <laughs> you must be rationing over there. Definitely. That's just that's evil. Mm. Oh, we also might as well transition too while we're talking about Tyler before we end up changing subjects. Mm. Um, talking about what the songs for the for the radio choices, I guess today. Oh yeah. So um, I'm going to be. I'm going to play my first two songs. You want to re-explain the concept just to like so people understand what's going on if they do check sure. out um, radio and why they should check out radio in the first place. Uh, Sample please radio. Sure, sure, sure. So Sample please radio. Pretty much the way it's going to work. For our episodes going forward, is um, we're gonna split our radio, or sorry, we're gonna split our episodes into like three parts. First thirty minutes, and then we're gonna have two break interlude. Um, we're gonna put the like the break interludes. Um, they're gonna have two songs each, and um, and each of the interludes uh, we're gonna put in our playlist yeah. on uh, Spotify. Yeah, so, so it's we'll gonna just... be the first thirty minute, and then the two break interlude. Second thirty minutes, yep. two break interlude, and it'll switch and between it'll my my two songs. Yeah, in the last two. Sorry. And it'll switch between my two songs being first and Jalen's two songs being first. Like, the variants will switch, but you'll know what, how it's going to go if you just yeah. listen to the episode. Yeah. So for today's episode, we're going to do my first two songs. Um, yep. And so what I talked about a lot already about Tyler is that even though his perspectives and his maturity has changed a lot over the years, you could always tell, I could always tell at least, that he was a musical genius. Yeah. And so to celebrate that consistency in his like, music over time, I'm going to play some of my personal favorite song from his early phase of his career, like mm. from like, from like Gob, from Bastard to Wolf. And then my personal favorite song from his current phase of his career, like, yep. you know, from Flower Boy to now. Yeah. And then Jalen will do the same at the uh, at the second break interlude. Yeah. So basically, the general gist of how things are work is for the people listening on the actual Sample Please account. Um, so, like, right now, what you're listening to, we won't cut it so that you can have an option to listen to the episode from start to finish all the way through with no songs. But... If you want to give Sample Please Radio a shot and you enjoy the idea of like having us take a break and then listening to songs and then like coming back and listening to so we can show you like music that we're listening to because right now we're doing Tyler, which is definitely more of a popular type person. But in the future, we're going to be trying to do more different themes and kind of have more contests with it and have more stuff that it relates to the episode. So you'll hopefully get the chance to listen to new music from both of us without ever having to really turn the podcast off because it'll be a playlist on Spotify. Yeah. So the episode will be split into three parts. So when you check our account, there will be like episode five, whatever episode it is, and then it'll be the full one. And then it'll be episode five, one part like one, two, and three. And it's still the same episode, just split in 30 minute segments. So that whenever you go over to the radio account, 
all you have to do is just pick the playlist that is that episode and it'll already have the three parts with two songs in between so really it sounds complicated but once you actually get the chance to look at it it really be will be still as simple as just like pressing play on the part that you want and then it'll auto play into the next like two songs and then auto play back into the next episode so that yeah. way if it is songs that you already know or you don't want to listen to you can just skip them if you don't like them and still be able to listen to the episode so that you don't have to worry about like going into the actual like spotify app and then changing the recording while it's playing and any nothing like that so you will have the option to do either we think that it's a great idea because it's cool to get the chance to show people music um also the radio account will have just playlists from us in general too so that you'll get the chance to listen to our music but yeah that's just i just wanted to briefly explain what's going on with that so that people can understand why it's even important in the first place and why it might be worth a shot anyway yep because again one of the main things we want to do is in this whole podcast is just kind of put people onto some new music shit yeah you know and i feel like that's one of the most effective ways is to put out a playlist yeah so, yeah so uh, we both feel that way yeah um so <clears throat> that also, being, sorry i didn't mean to cut you off one last thing the reason we have to do it like this in the first place is because since the podcast account is only for podcasts the radio account is its own separate spotify account which yeah. means that it can create playlists and it can do things that you could do as a spotify listener that like the podcast episode like you know actual account can't do because it's not a full spotify account if that makes sense so we have to do it this way unfortunately yeah we wish we could just like automatically integrate the songs into the episodes yeah but, but copyright we'd have to, yeah we would get copyright striked back to hell so yeah, um yeah, that's just not an option unfortunately don't have the option we so, don't have the uh, we do not have the clout to uh clear tyler creator's songs no not even let alone four of them not even <laughs> close yeah that'd probably take months and thousands of dollars for us yeah. to do so hopefully this you know this is still a pretty low hassle if any hassle at all yeah a way to just kind of separate our episodes in a way to make them more easily digestible for everybody yeah and just give people another listening experience that we wanted to try to yeah so again this might have sound complicated but in practice we promise it is a lot easier it'll be really simple so that being said um gonna, we're gonna go ahead and segue into my picks so again yeah so again it's gonna be uh, my favorite tyler song from the earlier phase of his career and my favorite from the current phase of his career. Yeah. So we'll be back after these two amazing songs. Yeah. Okay. Yo, yo, yo. What's up, everybody? Um, if you just listened to the two songs, um, let me know what you think. I didn't even know what two songs you chose, actually. Oh, so the two songs that I chose were uh, from the earlier phase of his career. Yeah. Um, and I might get flack for this, but Lone. It's the last song off of his album Wolf, mm -hmm. and it's probably one of his more like mellow, low key songs. Yeah. But uh, I just thought it was such a really, really vulnerable moment for him. Mm -hmm. And I think that was one of the early turning points for him to be like more um, like vulnerable and more like more mature later yeah. on in his music. He talks about how fame kind of gets to him and how it kind of makes life a bitch for him. Yeah. And also, he talks about his grandmother passing in a really like it's really touching and it's yeah. also really like kind of sad yeah the song is called lone you know so yeah. it's kind of talks about how it's like a precursor to mr lonely and 911 from flower yeah. boy and i just thought the way he handled that he, you know he put that album out at 21 and i thought that he put that out during that phase of his career where he was being all rebellious and loud and yeah. immature like i thought that was a really yeah, really cool probably spot. a really good fresher breath of fresh air for sure yeah so that was my early 
Tyler pick yeah. and my later Tyler pick as of right now is uh Wilshire man mm, I, I was just think say, that was insane. the one I was considering too it's, <clears throat> it's such insane. a good one and it's this so is not good. to discredit the gems that are in Flower Boy and Igor yeah. the other songs and call me if you get yeah. lost but it's Wilshire just, is a standout track it is it very is. very good Cause not much, even just as for him as an artist sorry yeah yeah because as much as I love the songs that people most people love from him. Yeah. Um, I love the ones that really stand out, stand apart. Yeah, and Wilshire definitely different. does. Yeah. It's one of his longest songs ever. I think it's like eight and a half minutes. Mm. And I could replay it a all day. A billion times, dude. It's so good. He's just talking about a very long love story that he had with a woman. Yeah. And uh, how she he they were in love with each other in a way but they couldn't really act on it because she had a boyfriend and his, yeah. her boyfriend had to be a friend of his yeah. so there was just personal boundaries that he couldn't cross but he still would do anything he could to have any small meaningful moments with her yeah and then they had to end up calling it off in the end it's a lot more complicated than that obviously he talks about it for eight and a half minutes yeah but i think his great storytelling his amazing flows and just like the, the beat simple beat really good too. the beat is really good too yeah. i just think he just did a great job and yeah. there's so much personality and swagger in that yeah and he's the, the fact that you can still have that much swagger and personality when you're talking about being heartbroken still be being vulnerable too i think yeah. it's a good song because it's very vulnerable very vulnerable very big difference from like a lot of the love songs that you hear honestly right yeah. they're all so general and so yeah. like you know yeah you're everything to me blah 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 but yeah. like this is like a very complicated story with a lot of moving pieces yeah. and that are very specific to him and this person that he's mm -hmm. talking about yep. so the fact that he was able to do that effectively and like make it so interesting to where i'm not losing focus for the entire song yeah it says a lot about it so yeah yeah cool i think it's also good that we kind of talk about the song still even though we're not like even though you can listen to them yourself and you might understand some of the context for them um, for people who aren't listening on the radio account and just listening to the podcast like just straight all the way through it's nice i think for you to give more talking points so that people might be more encouraged to go listen to the song and go look at the playlist because i think we should also maybe do a playlist this week for um for tyler and just do some of our like both of our favorite songs and we'll just kind of mix it around um i think the playlist we'll try and do playlists for both of us where like maybe one of us will have a playlist and the other person will have a playlist and you there's no pressure to listen to them but if you do want to get out and listen to new music and experience new things we would and, love to put you on yeah i think i have very eccentric eccentric taste and a very eclectic taste for sure with what i listen to compared to a lot of people i have a lot of artists that i feel like i just don't know a lot of people like um who listen to them so we both have something to offer i think it'll just be a matter of if that's your taste or not and uh but i think there's all the more reason to like give it a shot it's just it's good to learn new music that's kind of something that we both really enjoy is just like learning and finding new music absolutely i think sharing music with people is like <clears throat> one of the biggest like love languages to me honestly yeah for sure i'm uh, sure. not we're not declaring that we are in love with you by the way but i, am. I mean no we're not I'm like, <laughs> my bad sorry no, but, uh, Maybe. i mean what <laughs> all right anyways no but it's just one of my favorite it's one of like my favorite ways of just you know sharing music and when people share music with me it is so meaningful to me because yeah, music same. is kind of like i feel like a lot of people live vicariously through music yeah you know? it's an expression of yourself and your culture for sure exactly so when you're sharing like a playlist that you made with me it's kind of like you're giving me a little piece of yourself yeah. you know obviously it's not specifically to me but i'm definitely going to value it a lot more than if i just stumbled upon that song myself yeah. i love being put on a new music Same. and it's just it's one of my favorite things in life honestly yeah so um 
that's just like a big motivating reason why we're making playlists. Think, can we talk about some uh, some some sad boy vibes? Because I feel like I've been really. Always. I think that's been my big music taste for the last like years. Sad boy vibes, the last two years, honestly. Okay. Not on purpose, just kind of what I've genuinely been listening to, and I think one of the ones that is like peak for just like emotional very meaningful ballads who has a beautiful voice it's just like a ryan son i have not talked about her enough she was my number one artist um two years ago i think i've mentioned her on the podcast but i can't say for sure but recently i heard a friend of ours edgar listening to her and uh that was a very big thing that caught me off guard i was like oh snap yeah edgar yeah listening to orion sun yeah and i was like dude i did not know you knew about her and he was like yeah i just like randomly stumbled across her and she's super talented she's just so good um she makes writes a lot of ballads, and um, she just has a lot of very meaningful, slow, like very deep songs that are just kind of her talking about like her love life and struggling with love, and like they're a lot of lot very poetic. And I don't know how to describe her because I haven't given the chance to like critically listen to her in a while. But the way that she goes about her music just fills a certain part of my soul that is just so good on like a rainy day or a slow day late at night like when i was closing working or just like on the way home with the windows down it's so good i think my favorites by her are antidote um probably antidote mirage uh coffee for dinner i'm trying to think if there's any other ones that like really stick out um there's one that's in spanish that i just or french that i just cannot pronounce and i'm not going to bother to because i'm just going to butcher it but she's a very very talented artist definitely worth listening to you got any sad boy vibes that you've been feeling Oh yeah, you know I'm I'm perpetually in the side boy. Mm. Right? <laughs> mm. No, I love life, but I think that probably a big reason why Frank Ocean is one of my favorite artists yeah. is because he really knows how to how to punch you in the mm. heart. Yeah, yeah. So like, you know, I've been listening. I don't know why recently I've been super interested in it, but I've been listening to Endless a lot. Mm. It's like kind of a hidden quote unquote yeah. album by him. It's only available officially through uh, a 45 minute long video on Apple Music. But obviously, Wild. people got their hands on it and put it on YouTube and split them up into separate tracks. Yeah. And it's just a really unique experience because, like, he's it's like he had a bunch of ideas in his head and he just put them in music and just yeah. put it out. And it was just really, really good. And really, it's definitely his most, I won't say it's his best, but it's his most intriguing work. Yeah. I'd say. There's a bunch of, like, really small, short songs, short interludes. Mm. And there's a lot of, like, kind of like hip-hop kind of beats that he sings over that he yeah. never really did before or after it's just a very singular moment in his discography and i strongly recommend that to you i would put it in a playlist but the nigga don't have it on on streaming so you fix that frank you <laughs> fix that frank yeah and but you know like i said frank is basically a fictional I'm talking character like he point. can actually hear me like, yeah like he'll actually even like listen to the episode and be like you're right jalen i should fix Man, that yeah i'm gonna do that nah, he's he's too busy selling if uh, you're listening put out more music don't play around don't endless is great but give us something else while you're doing that for real because dude i wonder what it would even sound like i love the idea of like what the next what an artist's next move is because depending on the artist people just change a lot and artists who are really talented just diversify their sound by a large margin and it makes listening to them so much more interesting and it's really a big gamble and something i'm Mm -hmm. always afraid of because you never really know like what's coming next for better or for worse um we talked about bad ones on here but i know we've also talked about tyler the creator is a good one i think doja cat is another one that like we don't really listen to as much but honestly like um is it planet she or planet her the doja's album yeah planet her okay planet her yeah um 
playing her is really great and considering where she started from it is a very big different a, a very different sound and i love it because it's really good it's not for me but it is really good oh it's so good ain't shit is such a good song too um i can attest to like i used to be afraid to vibe to it i was a little little against it but the more that i kind of just like ease up and just kind of learn to enjoy music even if it isn't something that i would really listen to on a regular basis the more that i find that there's more stuff that like i just kind of i think it's a good song honestly it just vibes it feels good yeah i i don't know i used i was really getting into her music a lot lately yeah but that whole shit in paraguay really kind of turned turn me off, off. Yeah. i'm not gonna lie I just, you know, we talked about this in, I think, the last episode, where, like, yeah. the artists that you support, like, it's very rare that they're actually really good people. Mm. And I'm not saying Doge is a bad person yeah. or anything, but that was a very, very shitty situation. I didn't really fully hear what was going on, honestly. I didn't see it at all, if I'm being really honest with you. Wow. <laughs> you must I don't know how I avoided it, but I, I haven't really been on Twitter. There's been a lot going on, but... Um, I don't know how I avoided it, but I avoided it. Yeah, well, that's probably why you, you're even able to talk about her music right now. To yeah, be honest okay, with you. maybe I, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to sit here and say this now. I don't know what's going on. So if there's <laughs> something bad going on, I didn't hear about it and you're I didn't know about it. it. Yeah, not supporting I don't news. support it at all. I am literally just talking about strictly the music, okay? Yeah. I want you all to know that because I, uh, I don't want to support someone who's – I don't listen to this on a regular basis. It's yeah. just come up because our manager listens to her. So she's come up in occasion, and one of our coworkers was singing her too. So she's just popped up recently. So she's been on my mind, and I heard that she was rude, and that the way that she acted towards fans and fans ended up being like outside for a while. But I didn't hear enough of the details to really like get a good gauge of what was going on. If that makes sense. Fair enough. I'm not even gonna bother explaining on this podcast. Yeah, Everybody probably knows on. about yeah. it, but just just to be noted, Jalen is not one of those people that uh, just like, oh, this person got canceled. I'm gonna put turn their shit up. No, <laughs> not one of those people. So, I literally just didn't know. Yeah, um, he just he was not aware. She, again, <clears throat> the reason I even brought her up in the first place was because she's someone who's not in my immediate sphere that I can still recognize the talent of. Yeah, and she really is everywhere. She's very very popular right now. Up. So it is not like it's. Like, she just kind of is a small artist that, like, you have to be looking for to find. You don't have to be looking for her to find her at all, actually. Um, so, I just wanted to mention that, like, in terms of growth, she's another good example of, honestly, aside from the stuff that's going on with her outside of her music, if you support her music, I'm sure you understand that she's grown a lot as an artist and she has changed a lot as an artist. And she has proven that she has flow and she has bars and she's very interesting. I think she's very different for a female rapper, For I feel like. Yeah, she definitely stands alone in, yeah. in the field that she's doing. She's yeah. very, very versatile music uh, mm -hmm. but uh, output that she has. But, yeah. Yeah. I wanted Moving to tell, on. <laughs> I wanted to tell you about, uh, you were, I think I told you about it in person, but there's a person that we know and her best friend um, said that she hates R&B and hip-hop. Like, she hates those two genres. Who? And in my head, I was like, that's got to be racist. Like, Who? that's got to be racist. Who? Um, so, Sophia, her best friend, obviously has nothing on OPU? Sophia. Yeah. Obviously has nothing on Sophia. That's the homegirl. But yeah. um, her, her friend, like, dog, it was just... What? So she, she was like, I'm still, I'm, yeah, I'm still processing. I'm flabbergasted. You hear me hear this out though. So she hates R&B and hip hop. Right. And she said, and okay. I was like, why would she say that? Like, why does she not like it? Yeah. And she's like, she said, it's just not her. And they've, and she told me like, they would like clash a lot over like their different yeah, tastes. I would music. too. What the I'm hell? Like, what do you, you listen hate, to? Then? How can you write off two of like 
two genres. First off, hip hop and rap is the biggest genre in pop right now. So there's like no way that not. there isn't something you enjoy. That's another thing. Exactly. It, it's it, they're both such big genres that you have to have at least one or two artists that you enjoy. You just don't give them a chance. Is the truth. Let me add to the delusion here. Yeah. One of her favorite artists is Billie Eilish. And not that there's anything wrong with Billie Eilish huh? being one of your favorite artists. She's one of my favorite artists. Yeah. She's a very great artist. But how are you going to hate hip hop and R and B? And hate someone who is extremely influenced by both. Yeah, I was gonna say he was like taking <laughs> big parts of both and like working it into her music. Like, excuse me. Like that is like eighty percent of her music is R and B and hip hop inspired, huh? if not just straight up R and B and hip hop. What? So it's what it's, do you? I just I think mm. Loki. I think there's I think there's some racial motivation. It might not be intentional because get this. Yeah. Guess what her favorite genre of music is? Just country. Guess. It's country. Yeah. And there guess what? There guess the go. occupation her father is. He's a, I don't know, dude. A cop. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, you yeah. know, I think she was kind of born to just hate yeah, R&B Yeah, she probably just never listened to it and probably was told that it was not good from the start. Yeah, she, yeah her father was probably like, they don't, honey, don't listen to that jungle music. You, know, <laughs> you better be so. careful what you say. Hey, I don't, I don't give a f- <laughs> No, I definitely agree. I feel like country music is also the worst genre you could like. I'm just going to be straight up honest with you. You can listen to straight up like hard heavy metal death metal dubstep whatever you want to listen to that's like normally considered on the outskirts of like weird people music fine but you're a country fan mm, something's got to be going on there nah Sorry, man we gotta man. chill out we gotta chill on that man nope, nah, nah, nah. i don't care no we already it's, talked about this in another episode too good. We can't ride off a whole genre, bro. We just talked about how I'm that can sorry. be kind of shitty. I'm sorry. It's just not like I don't I don't know, dude. I really want to try, but I just like I feel like maybe maybe honestly I haven't listened to the most of it, but it's just so hard to find because it just seems like it's all the same. And maybe that's <laughs> how people feel about rap music and that's probably where this sentiment comes from. Yeah. And honestly, it is a little racially motivated. I'm not going to fight it. I'm going to sit here and be honest. It is a little racially motivated. I am afraid that most country white people are racist. So I just <laughs> yep. never really gave it a shot because I'm irrational, afraid most I'm afraid. like country like artists are just racist people who just would not enjoy me at all yeah. like or like me as a person honestly right, so like, that's why i fuck with casey musgraves i don't listen to a lot of her music yeah but like i just i saw like a, a black person okay. in a music video and i was like oh wow, shout nice. out casey, casey musgraves <laughs> okay speaking of casey musgraves maybe country is something i should give myself because good wife is one of my favorite songs <laughs> that's off her uh yeah. most recent album yeah right? it's yeah. it's not like a one that i listen to all the time but it is kind of a banger a little bit i'm not gonna <laughs> lie to you i like singing it every now and then i yeah. don't know what it is i i always sit back to myself and i enjoy it i'm like man maybe i'd be a good wife casey <laughs> thank you for trying to make me a good wife i think you'd be a great wife Jalen. i think just, so too you, you'd make I another so too. yeah just me in the house blasting strictly good wife by casey musgraves and nothing else all day while i clean the house with like a straight face <laughs> just just washing the dishes god help me be a good wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh no but like honestly that's again like that's the, that's the reason why we can't just write off the whole genre yeah. you know yeah i can't I can't say like in good merit like that I could be offended by someone hating R&B and hip hop as a whole and then going on to hate on the whole genre. Yeah. You know. Same. And again, I it's still probably one of my least favorites. Yeah. I'm not a fan of it personally, but I think my main gripe with country is like contemporary country. Mm. I think that's where it all sounds very very kind of the yeah. same. 
um, like they have like very similar guitar riffs and they're yeah. talking about drinking beer and you know yeah. driving tractors and a bunch of other and relationship stuff like any genre does yeah. and again like, some of them have bangers so I'm not writing off the whole thing but Most classic stuff I've heard, but classic country yeah, dude. like shit in the 70s 60s that's where it's at really yeah but that oh. just might be that just might be because it doesn't sound anything like today's country yeah you know like Ray Charles was technically a country artist I did not know that at yeah, all yeah he, he had a lot of country songs like Georgia <laughs> on my mind yeah that's a country song. I would have never guessed. I or, mean, you know, I don't know. All the con- it's probably also because of what I've heard. The yeah. country music that I've heard being played was just not very tolerable to me. Yeah, and maybe that's the case with Sophia's friend. You know, maybe yeah. she only heard like some dumbass trap song on the radio on the radio, and that's her. She yeah. has a very narrow and limited view. She has to actually because yeah. you can't really hate both of those genres wholeheartedly when they are both so it wide deep. and yeah in variety. You know, yeah. there's very different, very different. There's those genres are so wide ranging that they all they both have many many subgenres. Yeah, there's R and B, and then it has subgenres like neo soul. Yep, and like trap soul. Yeah, and you know all type pop R and B, and then hip hop obviously has a yeah. billion different ones like emo rap. Oh, you God. know, <laughs> uh, trap rap, yeah. boom bap, classic rap. There's yeah. just, just so there's so much variety. Like in psychedelic it. rap has been coming into a lot too. Yeah, it has. Like, like Travis like, Scott has been, I think, a really big proprietor of that. Definitely, he's the king of psych yeah. trap, psych rap. Um, Him and Future. Yeah, Chance the Rapper was one that definitely. Oh yeah, it on the, on the under, closer on the underground side for sure. Yeah, <clears throat> I think. I feel like even Childish Gambino is borderlining that that like psychedelic rap with because of the internet. I have to ask you something about him first. Yeah, yeah. Like because of the internet. Yeah, definitely. He's definitely was like very psychedelic. More like, yeah, I, even Kawhi, I would say, is very experimental and a little bit closer with but, certain. But that songs. one's not rap at all. There's no rap whatsoever mm, in Kawhi. Yeah. So yeah, but I get really? it though. Wait, yeah. it's part of like there's like a mixtape. Like the only Kawhi was released on streaming, but it was actually yeah. part of one half of a project. It was called Stone Mountain slash Kawhi. So Stone mm-hmm. Mountain, he's just rapping. I haven't but heard Stone Mountain yet, which is crazy. I cannot really find good. it. It's because it's not on streaming. It was a mixtape. Yeah. So you can find it. You can find it on like Datpiff. That's where I go to get mixtapes yeah. and um, pirate pirate them into my uh, Apple <laughs> Music what? Library. Huh? I pirate them. R R nigga. But yeah, um, <laughs> that's uh, that's what I do. But uh, yeah, that's psychedelic is huge. But yeah, you're, about Childish Gambino. Did you see the interview that he did with himself? He interviewed himself. No, I want to see this so bad. I, I gotta it. see this. Please don't spoil this for me. I have to see this. Okay, but there's one thing that I, it's not a spoiler because everybody's yeah. been talking about it. So in part of it, he asked himself. <laughs> oh wait, yeah, I do remember this video. He said where he's like doing both personalities. Oh no, that was a long time ago. Oh, okay, and that damn, one was funny. One. That, that one was one. funny. I loved yeah. that one, but that was a lot less controversial than this yeah. one. Uh, this one, it's not even a video. It's just like a, like it's in text or whatever. Yeah. You know, you can find it online. I think it's uh, theinterviewer.com or something. Okay, I bet. I'll so check it out. one of the questions that he asked himself was <laughs> um, like what he he said in like one of the last answers, like because the internet is a classic. You know, he acknowledged yeah. it as a classic. And he's like, you think it's a classic? And he said, it's the OK, it's the rap OK computer. He said that. What is OK Computer? I have to think about that. Oh, it's it's like a very, very like iconic rock album by Radiohead. Um, mm. It came out in like 97. Yep. And it's one of my favorite albums ever, actually. It's yeah. like alt rock and art rock. Um, I, I'm sure you've heard of it. Uh, like Paranoid Android. Uh, Karma Police. Karma Police. 
police arrest. Nope. No surprises. Nothing. Dude. Okay. Well, I definitely think you should check it out. It's yeah. Very, very good. Very not great. It's not good. It's great. It's an absolute classic, and it's super, super influential. Yeah. And so he goes on to say, like, uh, because the internet is a rap okay computer, because it was very sentient. It had a lot of impact and influence and stuff. Yeah. And that obviously pissed a lot of people off because when it came out, it didn't have the warmest, like, critical reception. Yeah. Like, uh, it, like people were kind of lukewarm towards it. What, like, they because thought of the it internet? Was, yeah. Yeah. Like, fans loved it immediately, obviously, because yeah, they're fans. Yeah. And I loved it when I heard it, yeah, and I still same. do. But I, I could acknowledge it as a classic. But Oh, I think it's a classic, too. I think he has some merit in saying that, honestly. Yeah. If we're being really honest, it's not like... I feel like the more that I listen to like music and the more that I listen to rap music, the more that because the internet also kind of stands out a little bit too. It's just, it is different. It Mm -hmm. is a lot, but like it has to, you have to kind of be prepared for, to, to acknowledge that and accept that because like, I don't know if I would compare it as like a, say it's like a cult classic or like a massive classic that's like super genre defining, but it really is something that is worth listening to and something that I think kind of changed people's perspective on music, at least mm-hmm. for people like me. Yeah. And it's definitely a cult classic though. Yeah. You know? And Oh yeah. I guess it probably would be a cult classic because that's stuff that's smaller that like has a more tighter, like a smaller following that is much more devoted, right? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And like the whole thing, like the album itself, I think is a classic, but you yeah. also got to take into consideration that's only part of like the whole experience. Yeah. It came yeah, with yeah, the yeah. screenplay. Yeah. It came with a bunch of different little the videos. videos. Yeah. And, and he even, he even yeah. method acted yeah. as the character that he's portraying Which throughout the I mean. album. Huh. But you, but you have to know that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. If you just listen to the album, it's like first time discovery. You're missing you so much context. Yeah. If you don't you dive know? deep, you're not going to realize any of that. Yeah. And I, when I first heard it, I didn't know anything about any yeah, of that. Same. And so like the only songs I liked were like the singles, like Sweatpants, yeah. 3005, yeah. you know, stuff like that. Telegraph Ave especially. Ooh. Yeah. But once I heard the whole album, I read the screenplay and I listened to watch the videos. Dude, I was like, wow, so much more this is like, this is like a whole little universe that yeah. he created. Yeah. And it was just very singular. But like, so Anthony Fantano made a video. Yeah, I was going to say, what did Melon think? I saw the video, (laughs) but I didn't get the chance to see the context for it. Yeah, he, uh, so he disagreed. Um, He didn't think it was a classic, but he did mention that it did grow on him. He gave the album a five out of 10 when it came out, Mm. but he said it's grown. Yeah, but he said he didn't read the screenplay. He didn't get the context behind it. He was just looking at the music because that's what he does. Yeah. but I feel like but that's he said not fully fair, you know what I mean? Oh, for sure, but he wasn't aware, you know? Yeah. And he said in this video recently that it has grown on him quite a bit over yeah. time. But um, he disagreed that it was a classic, and his reason was because he, he noted how uh, Donald Glover, who, if y'all don't know, is Childish Gambino, uh, Donald Glover said that he uh, felt that the album had a whole lot of influence and it really didn't. didn't yeah, no, you I know, can definitely see that for like, sure. I don't, I've never really heard an artist really try to emulate what he did on that album. Yeah, yeah which yeah. I think is, I think is a testament to how singularly great it was and yeah. how hard it is to emulate. Yeah, and, and there's another album that is an undeniable classic, like To Pimp a Butterfly. You yeah, know, I've never heard another person try to make a no, not album, at all anything like that. But People were like, made more politically charged rap. Yeah. R- really closely yeah. after that, and but stuff nothing like that, really but sounds like T-Pat. Nothing yeah. does. Yeah. And so that being said, I don't think that the reason why an album is a classic is because it's influential. Because again, yeah. T-Pat. 
it was not that influential. It yeah. was just a really great singular album. I yeah. think the fact that it is it stands alone kind of adds to its classic status to me. Yeah. Now, there are some songs and albums that are so bad that no one wants to try to make anything yeah. that sounds like it. But that's definitely not the case with T-Pab. And I don't think that's the case for Because of the Internet. I just think that they're very standalone, great albums. Yeah. So I agree that with the Childish Gambino that that is a classic. Yeah. I won't go as far as to say that it's a rap, okay, computer. You don't understand how big of a claim that yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. But that album was very, very influential. It kind of revived rock in the 90s, if I'm being honest. Okay, so then, yeah, I definitely wouldn't agree with that for sure. I would say that's yeah. influential. Or I, I would say that it's, mm, I don't know. I feel like it changed what I wanted out of music. But mm. I wouldn't say that, like, artists. But I think influence doesn't always immediately have to have like immediate copying i guess i don't know yeah of course not but just like the approach or yeah. like hell if people started making more concept albums like yeah. rap like around that that that's influence yeah if people tried to market their album like he did by like portraying a character in interviews yeah. or making a screenplay or some shit to yeah. go with their albums that's influence but again no one really did that because so. it's, it's out there you have to you have to be in a certain i think kanye west is kind of like that too he changes sampling because some of the stuff that he does is more easy to pick up and change and do but some of the stuff that he does is just not easy for people to just get into you know what i mean yeah not a lot of artists can like successfully create their own clothing brand no, I mean it's, like him and Tyler and ASAP Rocky. Exactly. Who there's else? Few, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's a few. There's not a lot because it's not easy. Not at but all. But that doesn't mean that Kanye West isn't still influential. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that his his albums aren't still influential because like I think Kids See Ghost is super influential. I think it's insane. I think his most influential album which is not even remotely close to his best album, is 808s and Heartbreak. That mm, is the really? album that gave Kid Cudi his career, yeah. literally. Yeah. And it's the album that inspired Drake, and who's obviously the biggest rap star of the last yeah. 25 years. Yeah. And it, that, that uh, and Lil Uzi Vert, all the emo rap, like yeah. that was the that was the genesis of that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, 90, not 90%, a vast amount of people in rap today would not exist without that album. So, like, it's, yeah. I think the importance of influence influence and like great music is very over uh, overhyped you yeah. know i don't think that an album is necessarily great if it's influential to a lot of people but it has to be at least good because if it's yeah. influential then it means that people thought it was good enough to emulate yeah but like i don't think that an album has to be influential to be a classic yeah i what, definitely agree you think so i was also going to say that like it's a little harder in rap music because it doesn't need to be revitalized at the moment, it's hard to fully be influential because there's so much room for people to do whatever, whatever they, they want. want. Yep. It's not nearly as hard to get out there anymore. So people can do different things. So that means that, like, sure, because the Internet is a classic album, and it probably is influential, but it's just not widely influential. Yeah, As yeah. I guarantee you there are albums and people that were inspired by it who just don't copy off of it like that and don't rip off of it like that yeah and like you said i think that's a great point you brought up yeah You're, there's so much room to do whatever the hell you want in rap like rap has so many different alleys that you yeah. can get into yeah so many different ways you can create and express yourself and still be in that huge bubble that yeah. is rap music and that's i think that's probably a contributing factor as to why kanye was so influential because he was like right and he's still obviously as relevant as ever yeah but he his like peak to me was like in the late 2000s right early mid yeah. late 2000s and like that he was on the cusp of like people are really having very small ranges of what they can do in rap yeah he expanded yeah. that for sure, for sure. in Almost a major definitely. way yeah but like 
the people like people back then they didn't really have the uh, different avenues that they and could gangster take. Rap, yeah, yeah, they bling. Well, maybe rap. not at that time actually, but like it was bling rap probably that was the big one. That it was, was pop that rap really, yeah, like yeah. pop rap and and bling rap. That was the thing, yeah. you know, when Kanye first started popping off, and that's why he was so beloved because he was a breath of fresh air amidst all yeah. that shit. I'm not gonna lie, bling the bling era of rap is easily my least favorite era yeah, of rap I ever. That. I think so. ever. I think the one that we were in like. Four or five years ago is probably no, like three, two or three years actually. Mm, three or four probably is around that time because that was around the time when like Lil Pump, Lil Pump, and, six nine, um, six nine, and like at the beginning of like when Lil Yachty was still kind of popular too. That was, he had like, some bangers though before, and I'm then not, it, then he not fell off really hard. Messing with it, if I'm being really honest with you, some of his stuff just never really appealed to me. That's fair. That's fair. Okay, but yeah, that was also a pretty low point because yeah. I just felt like there was a lot of people that just kind of. <laughs> didn't take it seriously you know like they just and it kind of we talked about this in the first episode it kind of ruined people's perceptions of like black people a little bit yeah because like that was the most popular thing in rap and and it was like people equate rap to black people only thing in rap music that was really popular at the moment we're being honest with you there was not a lot of diversity going on i feel like exactly just that dumb trap partying bullshit at least that was popular yeah there was more things going on obviously but what was popular was not very different yeah There was no substance or anything. And again, I'm not hitting on all rap from that area. I think there's yeah. a time and place for all that shit. Yeah. And I have, I, there's songs from that era that I absolutely love to this day. But I think the fact that it completely dominated rap the way it Made did, it, very it hard just casted like, a really bad yeah. shadow on yeah. rap. And I think kind of like black culture as a whole. Not to say that they are the ones that make it that way. It's people's perception of us yeah. and how they only look at us through a lens of a one genre of music. Yeah. But still that doesn't change the fact that that did have a big impact on how we perceived and it was not in a good light yeah i think also like rap fans were split by a large margin as well you either liked the music or you didn't and that was it and you usually didn't agree with one sided like both sides you know what i mean yeah like i kind of i i didn't i'm not even gonna lie to you i didn't i didn't like the scene i wasn't really for it i wasn't listening to that kind of music at the time it didn't help that i was listening to like logic and hobson because that was the rappers that i was introduced to first that like that really started listening to myself yeah i know some corny shit um i regret listening to hobson i'm not even gonna lie to you hobson is horrible Um, and he's racist as hell really he has a song called happy endings oh yeah yeah it's one of the most racist and terrible songs i've ever heard in my life yep um yeah i regret listening to that phase in my life that was a bad time um but i think um under pressure was still a good one that's not one that i recommend at all under pressure i mean uh regret at all under pressure was phenomenal that was a great album Uh, his his mixtapes his first two albums Mm. oh man yeah they were so great and then everybody dropped and everybody hated him (laughs) but uh and then he went on just a downward slow for a couple yeah. of years and then he bounced back with no pressure yep. and he announced his retirement right after but then he came back less than a year later and i'm really excited to hear more of his music i don't care if y'all think i'm a corny ass nigga i love logic fight yeah. me but um that being said with all these different changes in the scene and rap especially mm. i think that's another reason why tyler's been so great to me because yeah. he's still despite all the changes around him he was able to adapt without losing his core sound mm. you know what i mean yeah he was yeah, always yeah. able to still be him but still kind of evolve Stick with out. the times yeah. in a way at least marginally enough to where he's still relevant yeah he's definitely gotten more popular over the time being but he was always still kind of that's what i mean it really just 
depends because if you weren't a really a big skater kid, I guarantee you Tyler the Creator was not a big artist for you. Like for me, yeah, I was not yeah, a big was, skater kid at all, and yeah, Tyler the Creator was not a big artist for me. He was popular, sure, but like he's definitely grown a lot more popular. I think that is more to talk about how influential and more easily accessible his music is now and why he's so talented in the first place is because mm-hmm. Flower Boy is honestly an easy project to listen to. It's Very it goes easy. to its credit. It's it's just a great album. It's easy, it's phenomenal, it's got good emotional sides, mm-hmm. it's got good songs that you can bang and listen to while like while you got your windows down. It's really just an all around great experience. Yeah, and like that's that's where I really started taking him seriously. Yeah. Before then, I, he, he just seemed like a gimmick to me. You yeah. Know? He yeah. Was just a gimmick. Sure, oh, sure, he's edgy. Sure. Blah blah blah. Like, yeah. oh, he's he's anti everything. Like, yeah. okay, whatever. Like, I don't care about you. But then again, once I listened to Flower Boy and I went back into his catalog, I learned that it was deeper than that. Yeah. And again, with Flower Boy, I also noticed. I don't know if there's another motif that I forgot to mention earlier in mm. his music. He releases an album every two years. I didn't know that either. Check the dates on his albums. Yeah. Bastard, 2009. Goblin, 2011. Wolf, 2013. Yep, Cherry Bomb, 2015. Fireboy, 2017. Igor, 2019. Yeah. Call Me If You Get Lost, 2021. And the next one's going to drop in 2023, nigga. Let's go. Like, and Let's the go. fact that he was able to... That's a very short amount of time to create yeah. fully fleshed out projects. In the last three, if not the last four, have been bangers they've been it, so good to keep up that level of creativity in such a short amount of time in between is insane in combination with doing other things as well is right absolutely nuts not to mention having a carnival going that you do that's really really cool he's literally a black entrepreneur yeah right? no one wants to give him that great credit. things yeah and yeah. i think it's kind of his fault because of how he, you know uh, presented himself what people, yeah what but still with him. not that he, he not to take away from the fact that he definitely deserves more credit but, as being like a freaking business owner yeah and just running shit in different avenues of pop culture it's i think crazy. the people who really don't recognize him are the people who are ignorant that's really what the truth is because it's even if you don't like his music you cannot deny the fact that he's built something that no one else really has yeah like he built all the future yeah <laughs> you know he he's put built, frank ocean on dude he put a group together he's built a great carnival scene that he's done with a lot of really big names coming in out of it yeah. he's got great concerts that he's been doing his concerts selling well his albums are doing very well his clothing brand is doing very he has well a festival too yeah yeah the festival is the festival and the carnival like basically the same thing or different they're different things? actually yeah, yeah. um <laughs> the festival that drake got booed off stage for actually. <laughs> <laughs> i always remember that i remember that i was like wow really yeah. and then his fan like, he went off on his fans so like yeah uh, which I appreciate because I can't believe people boo Drake now that I, the idea of that is kind of crazy. And th- that was like at, towards the peak of his popularity too. Yeah, which is wild. But, but that just comes to show how how crazy his fans can be. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> think again yeah. he kind of it's so weird that he's even being able to keep those kind of fans considering how different his music has been. Honestly, but I know. But he he just makes good music and people enjoy it. And it's still a testament that despite yeah. his music changing so much, the core themes of his music and his core personality through still his music has anywhere. always yeah. stayed the same. Because even on Flower Boy, you got stuff like Who That Boy. That's kind of a, like a that, slight That could have been on yeah. Wolf or something. Yeah, that was a reminiscence of like his older stuff for sure. Yeah. Speaking of older stuff and newer stuff, it's time for my portion of the break. That's segue um, though. Yeah, we're going to try and keep it more tightly wrapped up so that we've once we finish the conversation, the next part of the segment is going to be a new conversation so that you can listen to the songs and come back and not feel like you're leaving in the middle of a thought. Yep. Um, so I will talk about my songs after, I guess. Um, and we'll be back after the break. All right. All we're right. back. Uh, so, Jalen, you want to talk about the two songs yeah. that you picked? I really haven't even fully decided, but I think the two that I'm going to go with are probably going to be Smuckers 
And the second one is going to be um, for sure, like, Are We Still Friends? Oh, my God. Ooh, what an album Dude. closer. What it is such a good closer. song. Um, Smuckers, because I just love that verse. Why, oh, why, oh, why? Oh, Kanye's yeah, verse? Yeah, and um, honestly, just, like, the entire thing. Oh, dude, the way he starts the song is what really got me, like, gassed on Smuckers. Money, 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 ain't the mouth. It's such a good song. And Cherry Bomb is one of my favorites because it, it just it's, – it's different. It's weird, but I absolutely love it. It's harsh for sure. It's a little out there, but I think he does a really good job with it. Um, it was funny you say that about Cherry Bomb. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah, no, uh, you can. You haven't listened to Call Me If You Get Lost a lot. Yeah. But there's a song in there called Massa, mm-hmm. and he talks about Cherry Bomb uh, saying that, like, that's when he finally hit puberty at 23. Really? And he was so shifty, and that's why the <laughs> album sounded so shifty because yeah. he was just drifting apart. So yeah. I thought that was interesting that he brought that up. I didn't know that at all. Um, and then Call Me If You Get Lost because, like, dude, I was in some heartbreak. I'm not even going to lie to you. And that song just hits yeah. so differently. You're it's, talking about uh, Are We Still Friends? Yes. it's It just hits in the soul. It is ace. It is such a good sad meaningful like song and it just it fills a void that like i I just don't know anything else that fills a void it's just such a good song it was in an after credits um like it was on the credits roll or whatever um for this episode of insecure Mm. and you know insecure i told you about that right if y'all don't know it's a one of the greatest shows i've ever seen uh by the wonderful Issa Rae. Um, mm. It's on HBO Max. Yep. So if you get the chance, definitely check that out. It is such a great show. But um, that song was like on a on the credits roll. Yeah. It is the perfect song to play at the end of a, of like a yeah. song or movie. It's like, such a good way to end an the album. The drop dude. and everything. Yeah. Oh, two friends. It's so crazy how this nigga cannot sing, but he's still able to make such great melodies. <laughs> I know. <laughs> kind of like Mac Miller. Yeah. They just couldn't. Just two guys. That, they can't really they hold didn't the tune, have, but they're good. They, they can just great good. make great singing songs. Yeah. Like Surf is one of my favorites by him. Everybody. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I'm telling you. Oh, my God. Yeah. There's definitely something to be said. We said this in the last episode a little yeah. bit, but there's so much to be said about people that might not have all the natural talents yeah. to like do something but they are able to use what they do have to the fullest potential yeah for like sure. like for real matt could not really hold a tune like that he, he was like a chain smoker you know so yeah. like it's hard to do that and he the last album that he put i mean his family put out for him yeah was 90 percent singing and it is one of my favorites it's by still him. really good yeah. like he because what he lacked in vocal range and talent he made up for in his great songwriting mm-hmm. or great instrumental choices he or just, instrumentation you know yeah. he played a lot of instruments i didn't know that either yeah he played guitar drums piano a bunch of stuff at all uh-huh which it's crazy because i feel like sometimes he projects himself as like someone who isn't i don't know who's just like a rapper you know what i mean who just happened to get popular but i feel like that's just not the case the more that i learned about him yeah because he was just very self-deprecating before you know he was he obviously a big motif in his music was like depression Mm. i'm gonna save the mad conversation for another episode because i definitely want to have a whole segment of an episode dedicated to that man yeah but yeah just artists in general i love just like obviously (laughs) i love the artists that have natural singing abilities and stuff but I have a lot of respect for people that don't necessarily have the ability, but they can either manipulate it to sound really good, like mm. Tyler did all yep. throughout Igor, yeah. or just like just work with what little, um, not little, but just work with the different amounts of 
talent and abilities that they did have and just yeah. use them to their fullest extent. Yeah. I think another group that did that super well is Brockhampton. Yeah. Like Kevin Dude, I don't Abstract. think you talk about Brockhampton yet, but man, they are super talented. I absolutely man, they love were, their music so much. Were actually R.I.P. Yeah. But oh, um, they're breaking up. Or, well, they are splitting, huh? Yeah, they're splitting. Coachella. This they're performing this weekend at Coachella, and that's yeah. their last performance as a group. Really? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. I did not know that at all. Yeah, they announced uh, they announced it like officially on the Brockhampton Twitter page and Instagram, all yeah. that shit. Wild. It's tough. It's tough. But like they, um, like Kevin especially though, um, he's if y'all know he was like the leader of mm-hmm. Brockhampton. Um, <clears throat> like he he could kind of carry a tune. Yeah. But he very, he was really well known for just really manipulating his voice a lot. Yeah. Like he always had pitched up or down vocals. Yeah. But it was never gimmicky, you know? It was yeah, just for like sure, it was always sure. really effective and it set the perfect mood for whenever he sang a hook on a song yeah. or whenever he rapped about something, you know, it always just fits so well. Yeah. I just love that shit. And even artists that can sing their ass off even when they mess with their voices, like add effects to it, it's a lot of fun. Nike. Like Frank Ocean. Yeah. I was like say Nike's. Nike. Half yeah. of that song is him speaking in a chipmunk voice. And it's voice. my favorite part of the song, if I'm being really honest. <laughs> is it is Nike. Did you see the video of him recording it, though? Mm-mm. Nigga. You know, he's recording it with his raw vocals. Yeah. So it's no pitch ups. <laughs> yeah. Are the vocals like raw good, too? <laughs> oh, my God. Bro, I saw on YouTube, it is a version of um, Good Days that is sung by Frank Ocean. Yeah, I'll have to send you the video. Frank sang that song? I don't know if it is, but it sounds like him. It's not. Oh. It's it's definitely not him, oh. um, more than likely. Damn. But it sounds like him. And it sounds close enough that it's still good enough to listen to, honestly. Yeah. But, yeah, I think that's, like, that's really cool, though. And I love just artists that really experiment with their stuff, even if they yeah. have the ability to do just fine without any of the like theatrical experiments that they do with their music but you know just artists that are just super super completely involved in like their artistic expression Mm. like that's why i hold people that write their own music in such high regard yeah like uh like olivia rodrigo she Mm. wrote she wrote all her songs she's 17 oh i think she might be 18 now but regardless she's a freaking teenager and she made one of the one of the most successful albums of the year and she won like Four Grammys, I think. Yeah. And shit. When I was 18, nigga, I, I, I didn't even know where I wanted to go to college. I couldn't have done that shit. That's crazy. <laughs> so, like, but and I just love artists that just are so, like, heavily involved in their own music because it really just goes to show how much talent that they have. Yeah. You know, like, sure, you know, like sure. Mac, he wrote all of the songs that he's saying even if he wasn't rapping. Mm. And that's, I think that's a really cool dual talent because there's a yeah. huge different approach to songwriting for rap and songwriting for actual ballads and melodies and yeah, stuff. Yeah. They're very different. And I yeah. honestly, I had this talk with my dad. He disagreed with me, but I'm still sick with my opinion. I think writing songs like with melodies and stuff like that is harder than writing raps, in my opinion. Now, I know if you look at it statistically, if you're looking at just numbers, obviously you're mm-hmm. writing a lot more words than rap, yeah. and you have to come up with a lot of punchlines. But the thing is... That standard has dropped so much in the I, last like twenty five years. I yeah. feel like you don't have to come up with any really clever lines to just be popular. Yeah, and right you can just that. have some really basic, um, yeah. you know, basic lines. People are and then have much a, easier to bring price right now. Yeah, and just have like one or two catchy lines, and then 
you yeah. got a hit like Industry Baby, like Jack Harlow. I like Jack Harlow's music. Yeah. I like him. Yeah. But he doesn't really have like mind blowing. No, nah, he ain't got punch lines. Yeah. He just has some. He says some passable things. He has yeah. like, a lot of charisma. Neither does Drake. If we being really honest, nigga, you're wrong. Okay, his <laughs> his pop. Sure. You're wrong, dude. His okay, his pop stuff, his more accessible stuff, isn't gonna be a, a super punchline heavy. Yeah. But you don't. You've never even listened to a full Drake album, so you don't even know about his yeah, deep I cuts. Guess, yeah. You don't know about his deep cuts, bro. He, that man can spit. He can actually spit. Mm. I'm not just being a writer. Like he can actually spit. All right. I, I mean, I guess obviously, like it's gonna be up to me to actually like back up either side of that opinion by like listening to his music. Even his biggest haters, like if they listen to like, there's songs by him. Yeah. That they just they can't they can't fault him for it. Yeah. And I've, you know they, there were those ghostwriting claims a few years ago, but yeah, a lot of people just kind of wrote that off after he destroyed <laughs> Meek Mill in that rap <laughs> battle. So wrote it off. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> no, but like, who's who's some other artists that like Prince? I hold him, him and Stevie Wonder and yeah. Marvin Gaye. Those are like top three to me. Yeah. Maybe not all like the top three, but they're at least in the top ten of all time artists to me. Especially mm. Prince because he made every single aspect of his music by himself pretty much yeah like he had he, a backup Prince band sometimes talented, man he had high standards yes incredibly high standards exactly he wrote all of his shit from the yeah. beginning he wrote every single word wrote every single melody yeah. there were guest vocalists he wrote their parts for them and they just sang how he wanted them to sing really yes i dude. did not know that at all he never had co-writes he wrote That's a bunch of hits for crazy. other people on top of that. Yeah. And then again, like he played on, on a lot of his biggest songs in like the peak of his career in like yeah. the 80s. He played every single instrument, every single one by himself. That's like, you know, the song When Doves Cry. Yeah. Um, like a shredding guitar solo and stuff. Yeah. Every single instrument in that song, the synth, the drums, everything, all prints. That's why. I'm like, I how can that much that talent that fit in that 5-3 body, I know, bro? I don't understand. But I'm sure you got an ego on him the size of a fucking freight plane. And freight he train? Des- yeah. Freight train. Yeah. I said freight plane. Uh, it's okay. People people could put two and two together. But no, I can't put two and two together. <laughs> I'm plane. just tired, y'all. I can't help it, bro. <laughs> no, but like for real, like he, he I'm sure he had an ego as big as Texas. Yeah, oh, for sure. Um and he deserved to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look at what he did. Talented, yeah. Him and my MJ, like, they broke bro, racial barriers. Michael Jackson, bro. Sorry, we got to transition later. Michael Jackson, real voice, been coming out more on Twitter. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I the video of him beatboxing while Oprah's trying to talk to him. He beatboxed? Yeah, bro. He was beatboxing in the middle of an Oprah interview. <laughs> and Oprah's, like, trying to ask him a question, like, like, just pretend to beatbox, whatever. Like, just keep going no matter what. <laughs> Oprah's like, she's like, yeah, man. So, like, how is, like, you know, when you're in the studio, like, you know how does everything work and like you know one thing they can't say is i'm a dancer and he's over like and he's like singing and like oprah is like genuinely just trying to have an interview like she's trying to ask him questions and he's not stopping the entire time it's the funniest thing that is so funny and like hearing michael jackson's like actual voice and there was one he was giving on a speech for an award i can't remember which i know which one he's talking about yeah he goes he goes up to the mic like um um and he goes um is the mic so on can you guys hear me this nigga, he went from a grown ass nigga like, to a twelve year old um, white girl, and um 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 um, um, um hey uh, everybody, can you can you guys hear me? I think the saddest part about that, though, honestly, is that it was just like probably represent into representation of like insecurity. Uh, it's not even that, honestly. I think, really, I think I mean this. You know, he was this man was larger than life. Yeah, so but everybody like, knew. No, listen, everybody knew like everything about him even yeah. that there was to know. Yeah. So even today, you know, he has, he has fans that will die. 
like going dying on the hill that he never did anything wrong all yeah. that stuff to this day and until the next yeah, millennium yeah. but um so apparently the reason why he would talk in that high-pitched voice is because he's obviously he blew up as a child star part of yeah. you know the jackson yeah, five yeah. and his appeal was like as a kid so as he grew older like i think a lot of his like label execs were like we need you to maintain this image of like youthful innocence and all that yeah so yeah even I as he got older like he, yeah. they just they told him that he had to like keep talking in that high-pitched voice even though it wasn't his real voice dude. it sucks but he also said in like an interview apparently that like if you talk in his regular voice people lose their minds and i have to kind of agree you have to yeah. remember like he in the, in the super bowl this nigga stood there just standing there looking at the crowd there were people passing out at him just yeah, standing, yeah, just standing still yeah. <laughs> he was just standing yeah. still doing absolutely nothing <laughs> and people were passing out i want to have that power if you were like Hey, what's up, everybody? I think people would literally think die. die. Yeah, I want to have that power. I want to be able to walk into a room and stand silently and then just have everybody in there just fucking pant, just pass out, just lose their shit. Just, that would, <laughs> I, I don't want that. I want that power. That's a kind of – That's a kind of. I maybe it's probably bad, but that's a, that's a presence <laughs> for sure. To be able to just like literally just stand there. You're yeah. doing the bare minimum a human being could do and everyone's still like, I, I – I can't do it. <laughs> right, right down to the ground. And they like, and like the Beatles too. I remember I saw like sometimes they hated performing a lot because it would smell like piss because there would be so many women there pissing themselves when they were performing and they couldn't even hear themselves play because obviously back in the 60s yeah. they didn't have the best audio equipment. Yeah. They could not hear a single thing they were playing. They just had to hope that it sounded good. That's, That's literally like, wild. Look, man, I get being a fan, but like yeah, some that's people a lot, dude. really need to take that's it away too far. You know, like I just could never imagine just yeah. seeing another person just stand doing nothing and then and just, just like fainting. I can't. Consciousness. That's crazy, I can't. Man. I haven't been that excited for anyone ever in my entire life. And I never will be. I can't nope. idolize another human being like that. Because nope, I, I, I think we said this before. Like, if you idolize someone that much, no one's perfect. If you find out that they did something bad, especially like MJ, bro, you were gonna have a like, personality. You were gonna, gonna have a crisis have a like crisis. nobody's business, dude. Absolutely, and it just it's gonna wreck you, and it shouldn't because you yeah. shouldn't have somebody on the mantle that high, anyways. Yeah. Okay, I'm sounding very like I'm sounding like a freaking conservative telling people what they should do with their lives. No, I think if you you're love just if you love an artist, do it, healthy boundaries with that because yeah. it's not even just for famous people. It's really just for people in general. You of should course. just not expect that highly out of anyone because it's just be unreasonable yeah it's just unreasonable it's, i'm saying this for their sake i'm not saying that like you know oh y'all need to chill out because it makes me a set you know i yeah, don't yeah, you know, yeah. do what you want to do yeah it's not for us personally it's more for your own safety because again no one's perfect that's just a universal fact that's just yeah. regardless no one's perfect and no matter how hard you try to fight it at some point in time famous people will have something slip and have something come out like it just happens because again no one's perfect exactly but again like there's nothing at all in the world wrong with love and having like a huge admiration for someone's art yeah or anything like that but i just think you know it's really important that people really draw the line between admiring somebody's art and admiring that person because you know they don't they don't really know them yeah and there could be some terrible things that they didn't know that might come on hidden, you know, come uncovered. Yeah, and you like uh, Jada and Will. <clears throat> yeah, man, that's the one that you know that Jay Cole line where yeah. he said, "I want a real." It gets love. worse. Like Jada and Will. Worse and worse. Every man, I bet he regret day. that is his biggest regret in his every life. Every day he might have like ran over somebody every with his car, but day. his biggest regret is saying that saying line. That line out loud, yeah, because now he can never live it down, <laughs> and I don't know if I can ever really look at him the same way because he said it. Because I'm like, 
Are you sure you want? Is that really that's, what, you that's want? what you want? That's what you want, huh? I'm, but I thought I mean, you said hey. you didn't want any out of touch with reality hoes because you're going you're gonna to end up being disappointed. There's no reality that Jada is <laughs> yeah. in touch with. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, bro. Uh, they remind me of the worst kind of like spiritual kind of people who just like feel like I don't know how to describe it for sure. Like, but there's they 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 act spiritual, but they have a lot of their own flaws that they don't really seem to like like realize and admit either because they think that like oh it's spiritual and i should do everything myself and do me and everything i don't i don't maybe i'm wrong but the way that she comes off in conversations that he had with like her and her daughter and like her mom i think it is Mm -hmm. some of the stuff they said i just can't agree with it's just too far gone honestly Uh, can you think of any examples that you can talk about here Mm, i'd have to watch more interviews so i could get the exact words because it's been a while since they come up Uh, dude i I can't even man this is bad and honestly i probably shouldn't even be talking about it because i can't really think about it at the moment because it was a while ago and it was it was viral it wasn't me only for the only person like me talking about it but one of the ones that they talked about actually recently is just like them talking about like will and how like what he did for her for for the 40th birthday and oh, how, like, how it was just, it. yeah, how she hated it. And it was just, like, a massive expression of Will's ego. But to me, it sounded like Will was just trying to genuinely, like, give his wife something that, like, you know, the best that he could offer. And, of course, that's going to be way different and way larger than life than anyone else because he's a famous person with money and influence and, like, I don't know, people that he can call on that can do things that just most people don't have access to. But, like, it really is the equivalent of, like, you find, like, getting a girlfriend and just doing something really extravagant and really nice that's, like, at the extent of what you're possible, of your, what you're capable of right now. And, like, then her, her being, like, I hate it. It's so, I feel like it's just so <laughs> ungrateful more than anything. It's just so over-the-top awful that I, I, I even laugh sometimes. Yeah, you know, and, like, like, I'm not laughing at his despair or even her possible despair yeah even though she's present presenting herself as the villain here in a very big way we don't yeah. know what's going on behind closed doors yeah but there's enough knowledge out there to know that this needs to end yeah there's still something to said to be said about being able to say this kind of stuff in public i think there's a lot going on in private but you still decide what you say in public mm-hmm. so you have to be careful honestly because i feel like while you may not mean everything that doesn't mean that you should just say everything. You know what I mean? That's all the more reason to be more careful about what you say. Cause like now you're talking about things in public and your private relationship in public, you are asking for people's opinions, whether you admit, whether you want to or not, people are going to comment. People are going to say things, especially considering the fact that you're doing it in an interviewing type of setting where you're posting it to the internet. You are literally asking for people's interaction. Yep. So I feel like she can't say anything because she talked about it. She was the one bringing it up and she was the one who openly admitted that she hated it. But like, why did she hate it? That's the question that I don't understand is why did you hate it? Yeah. Like, it sounds like a nice event. You, she will sound like he got nice people. Like he said, probably was really well catered, probably was really well done, probably really formal, probably got artists the best that he could find of like that she enjoyed and did things that she would normally enjoy. So why, why would you hate it? Yeah, and it's possible that she just wanted a low-key affair or anything, and she doesn't like being surprised, and that's possible, and that's completely valid. Yeah, but, but like, don't go out in public and just be like. That I feel was like that still, garbage. yeah, I feel like it still doesn't justify hate. You know what I mean? Not like, at all. I'm not a big surprise person either, but I'm still not gonna be. I feel like it's just ungrateful. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. even if you don't like it, it's still really ungrateful to just say that like I hate it, and it's an expression of your ego. Because like, how is it his 
ego appealing to your taste if hey i mean and don't get me wrong there are some a lot of cases where yeah sometimes you do these grand gestures just because you want people to see look how great of a partner i am yeah or look how much money i have i you can know? see that yeah so I, I i get that perspective it's just something that should have stayed private yeah i think that's the main issue with them they might not even be that weird of a couple but the fact that all of their issues are just aired so, out like yeah, that dude, they so blast openly out with absolutely no covers whatsoever it makes just them look so, so bad uncomfortable and unpleasant yeah and i just uh again like it's everybody's like victimizing will and I'm shit. I don't blame them because from what I've seen, dude, it's it just really like, has been just him getting like he's getting ragged on by his whole family. His yeah. whole family. It's not just Jada. Willow wrote a, a letter to a nigga that was dead for years before <laughs> she was born. That's crazy. Like, and look, don't get me wrong. Tupac is a freaking legend. But yeah. No shade to Tupac, but like, how you gonna have your daughter? If I were a grown man, and I had my daughter writing a letter. About how important that another man was who's been dead for decades. Who was never my, in the picture to my to wife. wife? Yeah, dude, something's going I'm, on. Something's going on. I'm you didn't even he didn't even raise her. It's not. I can understand if like he had like I don't know. I I, I feel she, like they weren't even on the planet to, at the same time together. Yeah. Literally, he was dead for like six years before Willow was born. So that means six years of time, and I get it. There's no real way to like go through the grieving process because like everyone's grieving process is different that's not what i'm trying to say it's really just more of the fact that like it feels like jada never really got over it kind of and maybe that's partially the memes and stuff like that too Mm -hmm. but it just seems like she's just not happy with will which is the part that i think is the most saddening is it just seems like she's just not happy because like dude will jump to her defense whether whether she wanted him to or not there's still something to be said that like he at least tried to jump to her defense and then to get up and be like well i'm not a woman who needs defending in the first place well like bro you should have told him that before he got up and slapped chris rock on stage that probably would have been a good time to tell him that you don't need him to defend you but like truth be told what really probably happened is she got in her feelings and told will to get up there and slap chris rock and then he went to go slap like Chris Rock, and then afterwards she said, "Okay, well, actually, on second thought, because I'm getting he's getting a lot of backlash, that. That, backlash on it. I don't think that was a good idea. I'm a better person." And she was also talking about how like she doesn't care about the whole alopecia stuff in the first place. So one of y'all had to encourage somebody to get up there and slap Will on Chris slap Chris on stage, and it's I'm what one of y'all to attest because at the moment it's looking like Will is just standing up for someone who doesn't even want to stand up for him. You know what I mean? There's no good outcome for the situation, I feel like. Never. Like, at all. They both just look like complete idiots. I'm not even going to lie to you. They both look like complete idiots. Yeah, and it's really it's really sad. It's, I hate seeing Uncle Will go out like this. I don't uh, even think I can call him Uncle anymore. Oh, uh, no. Nah, come on, man. I don't think I can laugh. Okay, yeah, you're right. You're right. I, I see it. <laughs> I, I, it's right there. No one's going to get that. Nope. They're definitely going to think that we have some severe <laughs> mental damage, some severe brain oh, damage going one, on. Though. It's a good one. It's a great one. A lot of, another inside joke that y'all will never yeah, get. Yeah. But, yeah, I think that Will Smith also, though, people don't talk about his music that much. You know? Yeah. You know he's the first person to win a rap Grammy? No, I did not know that. Yeah. Well. Really? Which is a good segue into the Grammys this year. Yeah. So that rap Grammy is like, that wasn't even broadcasted. Yeah. So he didn't show up to receive it because people were like boycotting that shit. Because yeah. obviously that's disrespectful as hell to not even be included. Yeah. And that's what happened this year. Hmm. They did not broadcast the rap uh, Grammy uh, nominations. Really? It was pre-broadcast before the show actually started. 
So when it was time for the show to actually come on, yeah. they had already announced like the winners and stuff. That's crazy. Yeah, it, it was not broadcast. So why? I don't know. I guess they just really hate rap music. I guess so. And maybe it has to do with the fact that Kanye was a nominee, and that man can't uh, be allowed on any award show. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and trusted. no one in their right, no one in their right mind should let him be in an award show. Yeah, so he can't be trusted. That's probably a big reason. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yep. Well, I'm glad he didn't win. I'm glad Tyler won. He definitely had the best album there. Yeah, um, over Donda. Yeah, so he he went up against Donda, mm-hmm. Certified Lover Boy, but yeah. not really because Drake withdrew his nomination. I forget why. Um, really? I think he was protesting because The Weeknd got completely snubbed last year. Yeah. Which was made no sense. Uh, but no, no. Oh, no, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah okay, snubbed. okay. I was going to say, like, protesting, I definitely understand. Yeah, that. no, I'm, yeah. I'm definitely with yeah, that. him and The Weeknd are, like, really tight. Um, yeah. But, like, so he went up against Donda, uh, Nas, King's Disease. Yeah. Um, what was another one? Shit, what was the other one? Those are the other ones I can really remember. But yeah. Call Me If You Get Lost was definitely the best one out of yeah, that. So, I think so. I'm, and that was the first real rap album that he won for Rap yeah. Album of the Year, as opposed to Igor, which was we talked about on the first episode. Yeah, I was gonna say it it's funny that we talked about this, and I feel like it kind of shows that like he just stopped taking the Grammy seriously because he wasn't even there for it. Yeah, literally. So I think that was. Bro, these kind of things have repercussions. If you want people to take you seriously, you have to start by giving people the respect to have them like even trust you to take them seriously in the first place. Exactly. Yeah, it's a little too late now, I feel like, for the Grammys, honestly. I think they just need to start over. Yeah, maybe just have a new completely new award, award show, honestly. <laughs> I think it's a little drastic, but like that's what they need because I didn't even I didn't even know the Grammys was happening if I'm being really honest with you. I had no Yeah, clue. no one knew. I had no clue what was happening because just like the Oscars. No yeah, I didn't know the Oscars. Oscars was happening either. I don't care about either one of those because why should I? What there's not a good reason. They haven't given me a real reason and like now that they have started, dude, it's been so all of this stuff should have happened so long ago. This is not stuff that should be happening in 2022, and um, and it really is just one of those things that, like, it's just too late for the Grammys, honestly. I think they yeah. just need to start over. It's just too late. They've just had a lot of terrible mistakes, and it's always been in, like, kind of like the rap area. Yeah. Where yeah. it's just never really gotten the respect that it deserves, and yep. even when it has been broadcast, a lot of the times the best album, which was a very clear best album, didn't yeah. win. Like, yeah. Like, Macklemore winning over Kendrick that year, that had to be like in some way racist. Yeah, like <laughs> we don't need to go down that road again, yeah, but, but that happening. Jesus and then Christ. Kendrick is to Pimp a Butterfly and not winning yeah. over 1989, which, again, it was a very good album, and I have a lot of respect for Taylor Swift. Yeah. But, like, talking about people that write their own shit, like yeah. Taylor, she plays guitar. Yeah. Have you seen her Tiny Desk concert? She no, has I a Tiny Desk concert. I didn't know that at yeah, all. Yeah, she went off on it. She's a great, great artist, and she writes her own stuff. She's been doing it since she was 16 and still nice. does it to this day. Yeah. And do you know about her Taylor's version? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard like, about the, the details for it. Yeah, yeah, that's also really freaking cool and yeah. a badass. So she's just taking her masters back. And you yeah. know she has enough fans to at least get enough like at least half the sales that her original yeah. albums did just by re-releasing just, yeah. it. And it sounds really good, by yeah. the way. Like, I guess it sounds a lot like the original good. material, yeah. but it still sounds fresh, yeah. you know? Good. Yeah, she's a queen. But anyways, I, I just said that to say, disclaimer, a lot of respect for Taylor Swift. Yeah. There's no way, no way in the fucking universe that that album should have beat out to Pimp a Butterfly that year. Yeah. The cultural impact that it had and just the musical quality disparity was massive. All about what you understand, and I feel like they That's just the didn't Grammys. understand. Yeah. They just don't get it. And yeah. it's, it's just like... they. Uh, maybe they don't need to get rid of the whole award, but they definitely need to like completely redo the like the committee that votes Dude, for them. I you think know? they need to just redo it because at the moment, I, even if they just change the the committee, dude, I I even now, bro, they've probably changed a little bit, but I still don't take them seriously. 
They just need to start over because the image will never go away. I think For, they need to make some kind of statement or something. It doesn't matter to me. I'm not even going to lie to you. It so this is this is completely irreparable damage dude, at this I point? I think so because, like, how am I supposed to know it's real? You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like companies do that and say that all the time. But, like, it's still going to be the same award show. Right. They'll just be like, oh, well, you know, now we have more diverse judges. I don't even know who the judges are. So how can I even know for sure that you've changed them? Which, is, it sounds dumb, but, like, if we're being really honest, like, it's not unheard of for companies to be sneaky and do things that are, like, yeah. under the table and not, like, the the real right business practice. So right. Just like how all these companies, like, on Twitter will change their logo to, like, the pride flag yeah, or something. And on, then, you know, things don't really change down there. Yeah, or, like, in June 2020, they were all Black Lives Matter. Yeah, come on, bro. Things don't really change. Come on, bro. They just want to pretend to be allies. Like, if you're going to be doing it, like... Hey, Chick-fil-A never pretended, though. We said, we hate you niggas <laughs> and you hate people. We're not you still going to buy our food, though. <laughs> We're not even going to bother to pretend. <laughs> no, I definitely agree. I think they just need to start over in order to, like, really have the image of starting over. Just change the award. The Grammys can still mean something, but it's time for us to do, like, a new award. Because so do you think it should be, like, like a different name, too? Like, different the way the trophy looks yeah, and everything? I think they should just change it up altogether. Because if you really want to prove that you're changing, you're going to have to change the whole thing. Because at least for people like me, I'm never going to be able to accept the Grammys. I'm sorry. I'm just, at the moment, maybe not never, but it's going to take a lot. At the moment, I still don't accept the Grammys. I, I'm not going to ever tune into them, either. So it's not even like them changing things. They've been more inclusive, but like, what difference does it make? Did anyone yeah. check it out? Has anyone really been talking about it? Yeah. No, it's been a brief conversation, but like, it's nowhere near as probably as popular as it should be as the leading source for music awards. Yeah, and like the fact that BTS got their first nomination this year. Yeah, like this is their first nomination, and they got snubbed, of course. Yeah, like, come on, come, come on, bro. bro. You know exactly what I'm talking about. We're like, but I don't know. It's I just not gonna. It's not a good enough change. The only merit that I ever give the Grammys is only when my favorite artist wins something, yeah. and it's not because oh they won a Grammy in particular. It's because they won. They, yeah, they period. won an award. Yeah, <laughs> an award. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, and again, there's not really any. I think the problem that I have with companies like, well, I, just whatever company runs the Grammys, mm-hmm. and YouTube is another good example of one that like both of them are really terrible they're terrible companies that treat their people like <clears throat> that treat the people that like use their service like dog shit youtube rails youtube viewers on a regular basis yep. they don't care about you at all and it sucks to say but they fucking don't they care about money and they all that's all they want which is the reason the whole like adpocalypse was even a thing in the first place and if you don't know what the adpocalypse is just for a short summary basically they changed um ad monetization so that basically the only way for youtubers to make money is to make kid-friendly content pretty much is the the easy version which is why people like ryan's world can make so much money is because they appeal to what makes youtube money which is why logan paul and jake paul can get away with doing the things that they do because they appeal to making you like to youtube's money they they make youtube money so a lot of YouTubers had to just completely stop making the content that they wanted um, because they couldn't make money off of it anymore, which means it's crazy to think that as your job, that's basically like your job saying like, oh, yeah, like, you know, we work at a grocery store. So like, yeah, I know you probably make your money off of like doing picks, but um, now you're not allowed to run or move anymore. So do your job without running or like, you know, they basically make it to where you can't do the job that you do the job your way, I guess, whatever yeah. the easiest way. And like you literally cannot make any money. Um, I know for like when Mortal Kombat, this was around the time when Mortal Kombat was coming out mm-hmm. and um, the new Mortal Kombat X game was coming out. And 
a lot of YouTubers and tournaments alike were not streaming their view, like were not allowed to like stream their videos and had to like, they basically had to do like fatalities and x-rays and stuff like that. They had to either cut them out of the videos or they had to invert the colors because if not, there was too much blood and they would get demonetized. So like literally video games that already are known to be violent weren't even allowed, like Call of Duty YouTubers were struggling because it was gun, like gun violence. Um, I know that like when, um, there was a crisis going on with ISIS, um, going like with that, they like people, ISIS crisis. I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I had to little blow over bar there. Um, I know that like there was a big thing too, where like you, even if you were posting a video in support of the cause of raising money for victims of like ISIS and terrorist attacks, you would still end up getting flagged and your video would get taken down even though it was in support. Because once again, YouTube does not care about people. They don't care. They are there for the money. They don't have good rules. It was automated. It was cheap. It was poorly done and poorly implemented because they don't fucking care. It's for the money. That's so evil. I hate I yeah. hate corporations that run like that, which sadly all the biggest ones typically yeah. do run like that. I think there's just so much to be said about artistic integrity being completely sold out just appeal when you have to when you feel like you have to give up a part of your expression no matter what kind of medium it is whether it's music whether it's youtube content vlogs whatever yeah when you have to give up those are a part of yourself you're expressing your personality you're expressing your perspectives and your reality yeah you have to when you have to get rid of that or compromise it or just sell out just appeal to somebody who could not give a single less care about who you are or what any of your experiences mean to you, it has to be one of the worst experiences ever. Yeah. And I just hate that. I hate that people are forced to still do it, knowing how terrible that, that must feel, yeah. and still just having to do it to get by. Because also you have to remember, the other problem that I was talking about with the Grammys and with YouTube, the reason I brought up YouTube in the first place, is because they have the market cornered. They have a monopoly on video streaming. Yeah. You don't talk about videos without it being a YouTube video. So for a YouTuber, there is basically nowhere else, especially when the adpocalypse was happening before there was TikTok or anything else, there is nowhere else to post your video content. There literally isn't anywhere where you can build a reasonable audience and make money. It does not exist. I think that's a big reason why a lot of these YouTube content creators are venturing into other things like yeah. like KSI, you know who that is? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's making music. Like a lot of them have been making music now. Yeah. Maybe and I bet a lot of them probably don't even care that much about music, but there's like fuck this shit, man. I can't keep doing selling yeah. out and well, making the stuff that I hate making. It's also popular, I think is the other big that thing. Too, of course. Popular, but so. I think there's definitely it played a hand in it. Yeah. But yeah, again, they have to just pray that they like if you're a YouTuber and you make stuff that you love and you can't do that anymore, like you just have to pray that like you either find success in another business joji is a good example or Filthy you're frank fucked. yeah um sorry i didn't mean to like interrupt but like he's a relevant yeah. example where like his music career started basically a little like right after his like youtube career stopped because it, at the time for me and people who like who probably were in the same mind frame as me filthy frank and idubs and like um basically i think it was like 
it was a couple of other people that like it was a group of um max mofo was another one too they were just like super funny they were on the top of the world for youtube they were like everywhere they were making fun of people like ksi and of like um what's his name the logan paul and jake paul some of the other like goofballs and idiots that were on like youtube at the time they were the ones basically like talking about them and like stopping them from getting as big as they were and basically being like these people are not good people but their content was very like aggressive and very like immature and had a lot of cursing and a lot of violence and like not like real violence but they did a lot of dumb stuff their jokes they were like they had really dumb aggressive abrasive jokes but they were funny and they were talented and they had genuine talent but because of the ad monetization they literally could not make content the way that they used to anymore period because they physically would not be able to make any money off of it at all if that that is assuming that their videos were even allowed to stay on their youtube channels in the first place and their older videos were getting striked so their older stuff was also getting them in trouble which was another thing that youtube was doing so you were in a situation where you could not do anything to change what your situation was you were just fuck out of luck when it came to money making money basically like you could not do youtube as a job anymore you had you were just kicked off yeah, it's, it's so it's so shitty. The, the landscape of YouTube changed so quickly, and it's never been the same. Yeah, it just it just goes to show that like artistic integrity is just such a huge, integral part of just being able to consume things on an enjoyable level. Yeah, YouTube was at its peak when it wasn't you know restricting everybody yeah, like that. Literally, and I don't even understand like. I guess they get more money from avenue ad revenue streams and it's big appealing to kids, but yeah. like. I feel like YouTube, even as a popular medium, and its perception by the like by the public was at its peak when they weren't doing this fuck shit. Yeah. But they don't care about that. They don't even care no, about no. their audience. No, they don't even. They, it's they one thing to not care don't. about your creators, yeah. your content creators, but to not care about the people that consume your stuff either. They don't care. Nope. It is just about the money that they get from the big corporate. You know. Literally, that's the reason why it was big companies like Coca Cola who were saying that like they were cracking down on like what kind of content they wanted their brand to represent, even though people didn't think that their brand represented those people obviously yeah but for youtube they made money off of ad running those ads so if they couldn't run the ads on your videos anymore they you weren't going to make the money they were getting a big cut of money from those people like jake paul and logan paul bringing a lot of views and like ads and stuff like that so you know and this was before youtube premium too so like ads were definitely more popular and more prevalent now it's not as big of a deal but like back then it was still like ads were everywhere so like you could tell when a video didn't have ads on it anymore and like it, it made a very big difference, obviously, which is the reason people stopped, and which is the reason why kid content all of a sudden just became like the face of YouTube. And yeah. People just like I don't know. There was a lot of other stuff that goes into it too, depending on what kind of content you consumed on YouTube, because it really only affected, not even, it, it really affected the more like I guess guy side of YouTube content because it was really like comedians and stuff like that and like video game players who were the ones that really were struggling and people making content over violent material yeah and more mature material not to, and like i see my 10 year old brother like in terms of the making kid-friendly content yeah and as i see the stuff he watches and it is so cringy and terrible yeah like there's this one youtube channel i don't even want to know their name and i'm not even going to try to give them a shout out because i yeah. hate them so much but they just make all these really really terribly acted and fake deep it's like a damn tv show and a youtube yeah. channel and it's all, I mean, I get they're trying to teach messages and stuff, but, and some of them are, like, good. All, all of them, I think, are well-intentioned. Yeah. But it does also create a very dangerous avenue or a very dangerous, um, it opens up a possibility for people to spew, like, really bad worldviews on the children, you yeah. know? Like, you can make these songs 
about like <laughs> it may sound kid friendly but it could be like a homophobic song or yeah. it can be a song about like you know any other terrible <laughs> thing but, but because you're making it, it consumable for kids yeah then they'll keep it on there they'll keep it on yep. but they're just like you know because kids they're the future they shape how the world's going to be yeah and so if you're teaching them the wrong things or you're trying to influence them to think a certain way you're really trying to just control the world and you're playing god and i just i hate that now more than ever people really have an opportunity to capitalize on that opportunity and it's terrible so i don't know i don't think there's anything that can really be done to change it but it is definitely a conversation that needs to be had a lot more often i'm glad you brought that up yeah yeah i think uh i feel like that's also a pretty good closing conversation too is just kind of to be mindful and that like there's a lot going on and uh it's important to really have a more grounded and realistic view of companies and the world around you in general, honestly. Definitely. Living in America especially, you can kind of get hypnotized to think things that are just not, just straight up not true. Yeah, and it's more than anything, just try your best not to be ignorant. You know, mm. you can't yeah. you can't learn everything, you can't know about everything, but just, so being ignorant isn't necessarily bad, it just means you don't know. But try to, if people try to educate you, have an open mind and open ears and just don't be turn a blind eye to yeah. the evil like systems in this country that affects so many people yeah. so unfairly. You know, just always keep an open mind and just never, you know, always just keep your eye on the world around you because there's always some some crazy things going on. Yeah. And the more you know, the scarier it might be, but the more you can possibly do to make yeah, it a little bit yourself. better. Yeah. Or at sure. least protect yourself. Yeah. I so. think Spotify is another one that's one to keep an eye on too. Spotify's tempting creeping into that territory of doing some stuff. We'll have to talk about this on another episode, but they're creeping into doing some stuff that might be a little little fucky. Oh yeah, we actually got it. We do have to talk about that. Yeah, well, I don't know if we can because we put that on Spotify. Yeah, we're on Spotify, but it's okay. I don't, <laughs> mind. I don't think anyone's gonna be too crazy about it. But You're right. We, we'll we still see. don't have that big of a reach yet. Yeah. We probably never will. But hey. <laughs> no, we, nah, that's not true. We definitely will at some point. Hey, We're hey, getting hey, pl- out there. Hey, I'm playing reverse psychology on I the universe, I mean, okay? Don't worry bad, about it. My bad. Don't worry about it. Yeah, we're never going to get big. Yeah, no. We're never going to make a lot of money off of this or anything no, like that. That's never. Crazy. <laughs> thank you guys for listening. Yeah, anyway, thank you for tuning into another episode of Sample Please. And we hope you all enjoy this new format that we're starting out. Yeah, check out Sample Please Radio. Um, it should be the name of the Spotify account on Spotify, obviously. I don't know what we're going to do for Apple Music and other streaming services. It might just be one of those spotify only things because of how much easier it is to do on spotify yeah so if you do have apple music um i guess what you can do from there is just look at the spotify playlist and then just mimic it you know it's not it's not rocket science yeah you got it um (laughs) but uh also uh please know that we are going to be coming out with our social media accounts too so yeah we really do we really do value and want y'all's feedback on how we're doing because uh, this is a, this is something we're kind of doing for fun, but we also like take it seriously. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. we definitely want to know what we can do to make this show better and more enjoyable, or just how we're doing in general. Yeah, or again, if you want to just shower us with compliments, we'll take it. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to sure. say no. I think it'd also be nice to help people keep track of when episodes are coming out. Yeah. In case things have changed, um, in case we miss a day or something else happens, it'll be easier. And also just when episodes come out, what time, it'll be easier for people to know like, oh, okay, like, all right, there's a new episode out now, blah, blah, blah. Like, you'll have a place to go centrally to tell people, to look for us, to hear more about us. Some We'll try and get some more side content going, too, to kind of keep you guys interested and just kind of build a, I don't know, interact with you guys and build more than just, like, an episode or two that you guys watch. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Thank so, you so much for tuning in. Thank you all we'll so much. We'll see you guys next episode. Adios. We out. <laughs>